When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Monday, baby. Monday. Welcome on into Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, Tone to Shields in for Derek Gunn. Hope you guys are doing great. Hope you had an awesome weekend. I know it's a little weird with the Eagles not playing, but it's also a way to kind of chill a little bit. It's like your bye week as well tone what's up my man how we doing well i'll tell you first things first man i needed the bye week i needed the bye week i needed to detach away from some eagles football you know just for a week that's yeah. all that's all i needed you know just a little reprieve on, on, on my sunday uh was able to go to a movie you know really you know really get some nice tlc in and uh man, i just feel you know i feel good man i feel good it's, it's monday you know another week to be back here with you my friend i'm excited let's do it all right let's do it what's up david what's up jason what's up rich what is up, Jim G? How we doing? Uh, all right, Jim G asked, since you asked, asking you shall receive, Jim G, how many hours until we get the Eagles back? I'm glad you asked, Jim G. How about 177 hours and 11 minutes? Boom! All right, I'm ready. I am ready for this week. One <laughs> week from today, the Eagles and the Chiefs. Brandon, what's going on? D-Gun, uh, to answer your question, guys, and, and by the way, um, Blessings uh, and, and big thank yous to everybody uh, who, and I know it's not easy these days. Trust me when I tell you this. Um, but for those of you who have contributed, and and I mean this financially and just, hey, thoughts and prayers and all those things uh, to what's going on with D-Gun. So I'll give you a couple couple good updates here for you. Um, and Tone, can, can you pin that? There you go. You got it. Tone just pinned it in the chat. So you can check it out again uh, for the D-Gun and Trish GoFundMe. Um account just go to Derek's Facebook page or you can connect right there uh in the chat as well folks it's right there for you um but you see the money's raised which is nothing short of spectacular um and 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 counting you know 27,794 and counting um but also what you know what is fascinating the, uh, you know about this is I, I got an update from Gunner today and 
So you want you ready for some good news here, Tone? So Trish, uh, now, uh, and I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm looking at the text because I want to read it properly. So over the last four days, there's uh, twitching and slight movement in the left shoulder, hand, and foot, uh, and that is spectacular because she did not have movement in those areas previously. Um, so there is progress being made, and uh, you know. Prayers up that, that it continues, but she is a tough, tough lady and they are a tough, tough family. So good news right there. Absolutely. And again, you guys, the GoFundMe is pinned in the live chat. So if you guys, uh, you know, find it in you to support uh, our guy, Derek Gunn and his wife, Trish, through their very trying time right now, uh, it'd be a huge help to them. Uh, you know, you'll be doing more good uh, than, than you could possibly imagine. So uh, D-Gunn, we love you. Uh, we love your family. We're praying for you guys. And, you know, again, more blessings are to come. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's really great to hear good news, you know, on that side of things. Yep. And now uh, you're wondering, I'm still in the, in the dining room set up right now. Uh, the fans will be removed later today and I'm hoping to get back into my, uh, my home studio, uh, shortly. So that, that's why I am where I am today. If you're wondering, but absolutely, well, let me say hi to everybody. Uh, toy identity, uh, Philly 007, uh, James, Brandon. Jason, uh, I got Jim, I got Jane, I got Brandon, uh, David, what's up, Rich, uh, what is up, Philly 007, I got that, Tomas, what's up, Marcus, Coach Marcus, Drew Nichols, what's up, Rye Guy, how you doing, Gorby, Rome V, Decoy, mm -hmm. Tyler, uh, Junito, Crespo, that? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't bad, uh, Teresa, hope you guys are all doing well out there. Definitely. Uh, you, yes. know, you, you know, you know, so, you know, so interesting, Rob, you know, you know, you mentioned how, you know, obviously, you know, you're having to shift things a little bit because of things going on at your yeah. home. Obviously, we know what's going on with D-Gun and his family. You know, it's just, you know, we do this content every single day and, you know, we, you know, we produce, we create, you know, we're on camera, you know, we come in and we have to, you know, you know, and we show up Monday through Friday for the people. And for you, you show up seven days a week, you know, working at WIP. Uh, doing your thing at H2D Radio, doing your thing for, you know, mm -hmm. for Jacob Sports. You're a man that wears many hats. And I think, you know, I never want I never wanted to get lost, at least on me, how much I'm grateful to be able to share this platform with you, to be able to share this platform with guys like D Gun, because ultimately we're all real people with real lives, very real lives at that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I you know, I, I just want to remind the people that, you know, ultimately, even you guys in the chat, you we all lead these very real lives, right? But we come here each and every day for a reprieve. Yep. We come here each and every day to kind of uh, take our minds off of whatever's going on in our day to day. So people in the chat, I want you to know I see you. I feel you. And we got you. And we're going to continue to do this content. We're going to push the envelope each and every day. And we're going to show up each and every day to the best of our ability, despite what may be going on in our personal lives. We got you. We see you and we feel you. So let's continue to have a good time. I, I feel the same way about you. And I, I never it doesn't matter what platform i'm on i never take a day for granted uh because a, a a there's no day period that's that's a given um and b especially in this business it's a crazy business so i, I appreciate every sing, single time um you know in front of the camera behind the mic you know whatever the case may be very appreciative of that i in fact i had a great conversation with a guy on saturday who who, who loves our show and he said man i can't tell you how many times when i'm having a tough day at work you know, I'll, I'll just I'll jump on with you guys and it just it just gets me in a better mood. And that, like that's the ultimate compliment you could give somebody like us, because what we're trying to do is just serve as 
a bit of a distraction for you, a bit of an escape for you, and just provide you with a whether it's a laugh or like a whoa kind of moment when it comes to what's right. happening in the sports world. That's what it's all about, man. That's that's what to me is what the driving force is. That's really what I'm trying to do is just give people a little bit of fun in, in a break and what can be a tough day for you. That's all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sir. I couldn't agree more. You know, ultimately when we come on this platform, we try to just be our a hundred percent authentic selves. Um, and I think, uh, and I, and I, and I think the people can honestly say they get that from us. So, um, yeah. you know, let's have a great show enough with the sappy stuff. Yeah, let's roll. Let's, you know roll. I mean? let's right, roll. Let's roll. Let's do it. All right. A couple things. Um, NFL wise, and we'll get more into this stuff later. We've got a lot of good NFL content for you. Uh, and, and Chris Franklin's going to be joining us uh, at 1130 from NJ.com. But uh, the Cowboys smoked the Giants yesterday, 49 to 17. So the combined oh, scores yeah. of the two times they played this year, Dallas outscored New York 89 to 17, 89 to 17. And really, the 17 points yesterday were absolute garbage time points. It was just, they were trash. I mean, that that Giants team is a full-fledged mess. They're arguing with each other on the sidelines like Dable and Wink Martindale are arguing. Saquon's ye- uh, yelling at, at, at Dable. Uh, uh, Mike Grohl and Darius Slayton get into it. Then Sterling Shepard tries to break it up, and then he and Slayton. I mean, like, it, it has come unglued for a team that made the playoffs last year in New York. That thing is literally – coming apart at the studs. You know what I mean? The found the, the, the foundation is no longer intact. Yeah. If there ever is one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 one it's one of the most savage things, one of the one, one of the craziest things, you know, to see on the sideline because you know you're all there to accomplish the same goal. But at the end of the day, man, when you know when things don't smell right, yeah, you, know, you see it on you you see it on people's faces and that's exactly what's going on, you know, in in New York. I mean, it, and let's be frank about this, man. It started with that Daniel Jones contract. The, right. You gave this guy this, and granted, they they have an opportunity to get out of it after next season. But you gave this guy this money, and we all know damn well he was never good enough to play up to that contract. Yeah, he he. If you really think about his entire career, for the most part, he's only had one clean season in terms of health, and that was last season. That's right. And and but and then on top of that, his best season, you can compare to Jalen Hurts' worst season. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like twenty twenty one season, like Jalen Hurts, like those numbers that day that Daniel Jones puts up, Jalen Hurts put that up on a puts those up on a bad day. Correct. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's just the New York Giants all across the board. They're they're a mess. They're disgusting. They're in New York. <laughs> disgusting. It's, 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 just, it's just nasty. Just nasty. It's bad. Man. It's bad. So we'll we'll get more into that, their their demise in a little bit. And whether or not we believe that means anything for the Cowboys beating up on that bad Giants team. So we'll we'll get in that. But we, we got to give the Sixers and and one Sixer in particular some love here, right out of the shoot tone. And but first off, let's start with this one because this is awful. But Kelly Oubre. Yeah. On Saturday, it is it gets hit by a car. It's a hit and run. The driver keeps rolling after he hits him. He suffers broken ribs, lacerations. Uh, he he got out of the hospital yesterday, thankfully, and it, thankfully it wasn't worse. But he's in a lot of pain, and he's out for a, a quote unquote significant period of time. Um, I, I, I mean, that's awful. I feel so bad for this guy because a period, I just feel bad for him, but he was off to a really good start. 
he's been in town for for like a, a month or so, and this has to happen. I'm sure his impression is probably not great of Philadelphia, um, but nonetheless, you know that's just it's just awful news for, and it's a bad you know you feel like the Sixers are under some bad mojo if that's the case when something like that happens. Yeah, and like you said, he was off to a great start this season. I believe on the season, uh, Kelly Oubre, he was averaging uh, just over 16 points per game. You know, he yep. delivered he delivered a few 20-plus point performances in between all those games. And, he, you know, he was a bright spot from an offensive perspective, on, you know, on this team, uh, a guy to give them versatility at the two and the three spot. And it was just – it's just sad, you know, when a guy, uh, he, he gets to a new city, um, he he's looking at it as a new opportunity, a new chapter in his career. And all of a sudden, it gets derailed by an a-hole driving in the city of Philadelphia. And, you know, you and I talked about this off-air. Like, it seems like hit and runs are at, are at an all-time high right now in Philadelphia. It is. It's bad, dude. I'm telling you, I'm I'm in the city a lot. And what goes on, man, is, is cra- it's just zero regard for, for, for cars, for human life. Like, it just it's crazy what's going on. I'm not surprised. I hate to say it. I'm not surprised by this. I would hope. You figure in Center City, there's got to be tons of cameras everywhere, you know, security cameras, et cetera, ring cameras, that mm-hmm. somebody catches this clown who hit him. And, and, and I and I hope they just prosecute this guy to the fullest, man. Yeah, and, and because he's high profile, Kelly Oubre being high profile, they're going to find this guy. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's – it's yeah. we're in this day and age where you can't get bust so far. That, that's why I'm, I'm kind of shocked that people still commit crimes in 2023, if I'm being honest. Because I'm like, there's cameras everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. everywhere. There's cameras. There's ring cameras. There's cameras outside of stores, inside stores. There's cameras at street lights and stop signs and cameras on people's phones. And everyone's always yeah. taking a selfie. You're alive, right? So you're going to be on camera. Like, like you can literally track someone's digital footprint yeah. from, from the time they leave their house all the way up until they get to work and come back home. That's, yeah. that, that, that's how much we're being tracked in this day and age, man. So... Prayers up to Kelly Oubre, man. It's a sad, it's a sad thing. Again, his, you know, his his season was his season one was going off, you know, on the right track. But the only the only silver lining I can pull from this is the fact that the Sixers have an opportunity to find out just how deep they are uh, beyond Kelly Oubre. So, um, could be a bigger opportunity for uh, Daniel House. Um, could be a bigger opportunity for uh, Robert Covington, Cork Maz. Um, you know, you know, let's see what Marcus Morris has left in the tank. Could be a bigger opportunity for Jaden Springer. So. Um, we're going to see how this thing pans out, but overall, man, it's a shame that things have to essentially come to this when it comes to Kelly Oubre. I agree. It is. All right. So that, that part's sad. And, and again, selfishly from a basketball standpoint, they're going to miss him because he, he, he is, he's provided, provided instant offense for this team, whether it was coming off the bench or as a starter, he's, he's been very good. I mean, they got him for a song and a dance. He, he, they got him on the league minimum contract. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. So he's done a really good job, but let's go to last night. So they beat the Pacers last night, 137-126. First of all, it's the eighth straight win. Okay, I don't care what level of competition you're playing. To win eight straight in that league is damn impressive. But the Pacers were a good te- are a good team. The Pacers aren't some you know scrub team. They're not the Pistons. They're not the Blazers. You know, they're not Toronto. They were six and three going into the game. So good win. But Tyrese Maxey continues his tear tone. Fifty last night, he drops a fifty spot. Twenty of thirty-two from the floor, seven of 11 from three, throws in seven rebounds, five assists in 39 minutes. Nothing short of spectacular last night. Absolutely. And he gives you three blocks on top of that. You know, a thing about Tyrese Max's game is, you know, obviously we know how impactful he is in the offensive end. 
he needs to get more credit for his effort on the defensive end as well. Um, he may not be the the greatest uh, perimeter defender, but the reality is defense is all about effort, and defense is all about being in the right place at the right time to make a play. And he gets steals. He gets blocks. You know what I mean? He's opportunistic, and that's what I love about his game, man. He takes advantage of every opportunity that, that's given to him. 50 points in 39 minutes, going 20 for 32 from the field, 7 for 11 from three. Come on, man. And on top of that, he only shot three free throws, so he was getting it from the muscle. You know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. and, and, and it's just like you're watching him. He's such a fun watch. He he's so exciting. Uh, he's one of the funnest – like he's one of the more fun sixers to watch that, that we've had in a long time. I agree with you. Like uh, he's the kind of guy – look, we all know how spectacular Embiid is. The guy's the MVP. And by the way, had a monster night himself last night. So, But if I'm a little kid – like if I'm a kid just turning on to the game or turning on to the sixers, like yeah. Maxie's my guy, man. Because he's fun. You know, at the end of the day, sports are supposed to be fun and entertaining. And that's what Maxi is. He's he's a breath of fresh air tone. We went from Harden, who's a drain, who just takes it all out. All the blood comes out of you. Mm -hmm. This guy is, is like an infusion of fun. And his teammates love him. They feed off of him. That's the other part, man. Like, you can see these guys the way that they respond to him. Like, even though even the, the three that he had to get the, the 50. It's a really nice play. And that was cool. And he sets a screen for him high, knows he's got 47, and they're doing everything they can to get the kid to 50. And I love that. I just – I love it. And it wasn't – it was a tough shot he hit. But he wasn't doing it at, the, at the, the detriment of the team. It was just in the flow and everything worked and blah, blah, blah. But it was a great, great thing to see. Absolutely, man. And another thing that stands out about Tyrese Maxey is his willingness and his ability to just get better and stay focused – on the goal at hand, right? You think about just his career trajectory, rookie season averaging eight points per game, uh, second season, 17 and a half points per game, uh, third season, 20 points per game. And now in his fourth season, he's currently averaging 28.6 points per game. So granted, things are probably going to level off as the season progresses. I think at this pace, um, I could potentially see him averaging between 24 to 27 points per game if all things considered um because of how many opportunities he how many opportunities he's going to get in this offense nick nurse made it very clear maxi we want you to be aggressive we want you to be mad max out there you know what i mean yeah. we don't want you to we don't want you to be max and ruby we want you to be mad max out there shout, shout out to you guys if you know the old max and ruby cartoons uh <laughs> but anyway uh tyrese maxi man he is he is a sight young guy um humble dude uh, a guy who just wants to win, and and, and he's easy to root for. Right. And when, when was the last player? Who was the last player, in your, by your estimation, who was the easiest to root for in Philadelphia Sixers sports oh. history? Oh, whoa. Um, wow. Uh, if I'm working backwards, I mean, obviously Iverson was, yeah. was, just a, was just a phenom and just so much fun to watch because it was the little dude taking on the trees mm -hmm. and not being afraid. You know, and and back then you got you got put on your rear end a lot, and he was fearless. Um, Charles was a blast. You you had never seen anything like this dude, especially when he was young and he was you know the round mound of rebound where he didn't he wasn't as toned up as as he was later in his career. Right. He was like to see that dude take a defensive rebound and go the distance the other way with the athleticism at his size, and then throw it down over somebody who's six foot, uh, six foot eight or, ten, or, or seven foot was unbelievable. 
But for me, I'm taking it all the way back to when I was a little kid and it was Julius Irving. Like the dude was the epitome of style and class on the court and uh, the best traffic dunker I ever saw in my life. I mean, one hand, he was holding that, that basketball like it was a freaking golf ball and, and slamming <laughs> it down in traffic too. We've had some good ones on the Sixers. Like before me, people would say Will, et cetera, et cetera. But they're the guys in my lifetime for sure. How about you? Uh, I got to go AI, man. AI was so fun to watch, so fun to root for. Um, I mean, the, the thing about the Sixers, man, it seems like at times, especially after the AI era, yeah. uh, it was kind of hard to root for anybody consistently because none of them really stuck around. Um, I was a really big Drew Holiday guy. I really liked the Drew Holiday years. Um, I didn't like that they traded him right after he made the All-Star. That was just, that was just such a weird um, situation. Um, but I think that was the beginning of the tanking era for the Sixers. Um, so uh, those guys uh, stand out to me. Um you know, Joel Embiid, when, when he's healthy and when he's engaged, he's very easy to root for. Um, but, you know, again, when he's engaged, when he's healthy. Um, in the playoffs, sometimes he does frustrate me. I'll admit that. Um, but again, man, I think I think with this new surge of youth with that Tyrese Maxey brings, you know, he's he, like, you know, like you said, he's not he's not a drainer of energy. He he he, he fuels you. His excitement, yes. you know, the way he plays, um, how efficient he is. Oh. Let, let, let's keep in mind. He's doing all this. And he only turned the ball over twice last night. Listen to you his know, stats. You, know I mean? you ready for this? 28.6 points per game, 5.4 rebounds, 7.2 assists. He's shooting 50.5% from the floor, 43 from three, and he's only averaging 1.1 turnovers per game, considering the ball's in his hands constantly, whether it's initiating offense or scoring himself. That is awesome what he's doing. Absolutely, man. I couldn't agree more. Again, you know, Maxi right now, he's ranked ninth in the league in terms of scoring um, behind Giannis, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Nicholas Jokic, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic. Um, he's up there. With, he's up there with, you know, with some names, man. So, listen, a guy like Maxi, we know he's not the biggest. He's like 6'2", 200 pounds, but he yep. plays amongst the Giants, man. It's like you said with AI, man. He, he was there amongst the trees, knocking them down. So, mm-hmm. It's going to be exciting to see where his career goes, man. Uh, his work ethic, he's a gym rat. Yeah. I, I I believe just based off how his career has progressed thus far, I don't I don't doubt any anything about his game. I have no idea what his ceiling is. It's kind of the Jalen Hurts thing, right? We have no idea what Jalen Hurts' ceiling Good really job. is because yep. he, he, he continues to just amaze us each and every week, little by little. So um, Maxie, um, Jalen Hurts, so far the city's in good hands. Yeah, and here's the other good thing. And this is where there, there, there's an absolute direct correlation with those two guys. Like, Hertz already got his money. Maxie's going to get his money this offseason, right? I don't worry for one second about either one of those guys, you know, just, just going into uh, sniffing themselves, I got my money, ever. Like, they're both going to be the hardest working guy on your team, period. And that's a rarity. You know, have to you have to worry about a lot of guys. You know, we're pretty fortunate in this town in general. Like you have guys mm-hmm. like Harper, you have guys like Jalen Hurts, you have guys like Tyrese Maxey, who you don't bat an eye at, knowing that they're going to work harder than anybody else. I mean, I, that, that's I was talking to somebody about Harper yesterday. And I'm like, this guy came back two months before he was slated to come back from Tommy John surgery, reconstructive elbow surgery. Mm-hmm. Like you don't that doesn't happen unless you're working your tail off to get back. Look at Jalen Hurts and, you know, and, and, and what he's doing right now with a bad knee. And hopefully this week did him really good. I hope so. And, but, you know, and with Maxie, you just never worry about that stuff. That's half the battle these days, man. 
effort. there are so many guys that get paid and then it's just kind of like, eh, I got my money. Not with these dudes. Yeah. You know, some guys look at it as just a business and I can't get mad at their logic because these organizations look at it as just a business as well. Um, some guys, you know, have a, have a little bit more pride than that. And uh, yes, the money is great, um, but they, you know, but they love the game more. They love winning more. Some guys are just ultra, ultra competitors. You know, I, you know, I was listening to Locked On 76ers with Keith Pompey and John Mitchell this morning. Um, they do a great job on that show, um, breaking down the Sixers, the X's and O's, all the, all, you know, all the latest news and updates. They do a pretty good job of um, bringing down that team with no fluff, you know, yep. no, uh, no shock jocking, just, you know, just, you know, just going right to the point. Sure. Um, and they were talking about, they were talking about uh, Tyrese Max's dynamic with his uh, with his father, and they were saying uh, Maxi uh, Maxi's uh, family they they, they were kind of galloped for like a family event, and it just so happened they were playing that night. You know, he was playing that night, and the family was watching, it, and the mom's excited, the family's excited, and the, and Pompey was saying that the dad was just sitting there, just just with his hands crossed, no excitement, you know, no elation. Yeah. You know, after after his son dropped fifty points, and comes you know, lo and behold. His father looks at it like this. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Yep. You know what I mean? That's what we knew. That's what we knew you had in you. Yep. You know, we you know, we didn't put in all that work in the gym for nothing. That's what I expect. So it's just it's just, it's just so amazing that Tyrese Maxey comes from great stock in terms of competition, in terms of work ethic, um, you know, in terms of just knowing um what's expected of him. Because Maxey said it himself. He said he 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 expects this level of production, this level of um ferocity, you know, from himself. So it's just pretty cool to hear a little, you know, little tidbits about that. Yeah, it's fun. It is fun. He is fun to watch, man. That's for sure. All right, let's get a timeout in. Let's come back. Let's set our sights on the Eagles as we are now a week away from the Birds and the Chiefs. Monday night football coming up next Monday night. When we come back, Chris Franklin from NJ.com, who does an awesome job covering the Birds, will jump on with us and we'll hit him with all kinds of Eagles questions uh, coming off this bye week. He is Tone Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Tape, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, time to talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes, Bravo Pizza of Havertown, thrilled that they are part of the show, part of the channel as well. I've been going there since I was a kid, uh, family-owned since 1985. And, you know, the great thing is all the food is fresh. There's not stuff just sitting under this heat lamp. You get it. It's it's stale. It's, ugh, it's like cardboard. Nah, all fresh. 20 different styles of pizza daily. They have slices to go too. You want to pop in and out, boom. Uh, and they also have the specialized pizza. However you want it, they will make it for you. And it's not just pizza. Fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. That's 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. You can give them a call, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Take. What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing well out there. That is Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Monday. Weird Monday because we're usually all over it with the Eagles, man. And now we are looking forward to the Chiefs game. And, oh, man, cannot, cannot wait. And joining us right now, who better to get us prepped, to set the table, to get us set for this big matchup than the man who does an amazing job covering the birds for nj.com and you can check out all of his work on twitter slash x at c franklin news and of course nj.com as well chris what's up my man happy monday hey happy monday to you guys thanks for having me on appreciate it How you doing, of course chris? of course good? sir good to see you see you too um, all i'm, I'm liking that ceiling man you're doing some good work there at the, at the crib wherever you're at I like oh, it. thank you. I call it the bi-week bunker now because uh, we want to just you know, recharge. It's almost like a chamber. You know, just got to recharge and relax. Mainly sleep, but yeah. You got to relax from this last day off. But oh, I appreciate my it. God. All right. Well, Chris, <laughs> let's look at it. So, you know, we've all talked about what's coming up here. So it's Kansas City at 7-2. and two. It's Buffalo who, who could move to 6-4 and four tonight. They play tonight. Then it's it's San Francisco six and three. Then it's Dallas six and three. Then it's Seattle six and three. That's what's next for you, realistically. What are you looking at here? What's fair? What keeps them in really good shape to get that one seed in your estimation? Realistically, if they go two and three, 
I, I think they go two and three in that because I look at the Chiefs game. It's tough to play at Arrowhead. That with that raucous crowd, and they still, when you look at Travis Kelsey and what they've had issues with in the middle of the field, that look as as a potential worry. Then also you look at the Cowboys where you go AT&T Stadium where they have issues in, in the past that look as as a loss, and then going against a team where they historically have had issues with the Seattle Seahawks. They have to go across country. I saw Seattle yesterday, and they look like they're beatable, but still, it's an area where you had issues, so that's, the, that's why I had the third loss there. I think that even still with that, with that back three of the Giants, Cardinals, Giants, I think they can still get the one seed with all that as well, too. It's going to be tougher. You probably have to play everybody in the final week of the season because the short, I think, still going in it. But yeah, I think two or three, we're looking at a two or three stretch coming up here. Hey, if they get three and two or four and one, oh, it, yeah. it's yeah. great. Those last three are cupcakes. Yeah, for know. sure. Yeah, definitely. I see Frank, like my brother. Thank you for uh, coming on to the platform. Really appreciate you. Um, you know, with that five game stretch still in mind, right? And everything we we know about this Philadelphia Eagles team over the past several weeks and how they played, the good, the bad, the ugly. What do you believe is on the priority list for the Philadelphia Eagles over this bye week? Oh, fix that back seven for sure. I look at the offensively. I look at the way that I think they still could play better, but I think I feel a lot more confident because it's a little things here and there. We're not hitting that back seven. You still see some communication issues where guys are running free in that area. I still look at the that intermediate route in between the numbers, 10, between like 10, 15 yards. I feel like teams can take advantage of that. And then the slot corner uh, issue. I know you got Bradley Roby coming back. You know, it may take a little bit for him to get reacclimated. I think that's your best bet to fix a lot of those issues that you see inside there. And I think, with, especially with him being a veteran, you hope it just comes just like that. But until that happens, until we see it for sure, you still got to worry about the question. So I think that communication and fixing up that scheme in the back seven with the safeties, talking to the cornerbacks, talking to the linebackers, and getting all that right with that matchup. I think that's going to be the, the big key. Chris, let me ask you. We saw yesterday San Francisco appeared to be a team that that buy really helped, man. They came out and they handed it to Jacksonville, right? The Eagles look like a team with between Hurts' knee, between you know a bunch of 30-something-year-old players that you're you're counting on in a big way, right? Bayard getting an extra week to, to get really acclimated and ingrained in the system. I mean, how big in your estimation is when this thing hit at the, the timing of the bye for the Eagles going into this game against the Chiefs? I think uh, it was huge. I think especially with the Hurts knee part, when you look at that, because when you have him fully healthy, that that opens up that threat of the run a little better. Because I think teams know, like you just saw him limping and, and they're like, all right, you know what? He's probably not going to pull the ball as much as he did beforehand. And you don't have to take account because he brings a defender or two with him when he runs that opens up that running game. So that helps it add up. So you look at Bumber, especially it was basically all pain management. That helps out just having an extra week where he's just sitting back a little bit more and not taking that wear and tear on it. So I think if anything, I think that's the area will have helped out the most health wise for anybody. And you need that because you want you especially going up as a stretch because these defenses, you want that for that offense and you want that extra dynamic that he brings. Cause if you do, that offense, I know it's two right now and it's struggling, but you have a healthy Jalen Hurst the way he's throwing the ball, and now you have that running threat, it's he goes from number two to the MVP, I think possibly even top the top tier if he comes out with this like three and two, four and one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, keeping that secondary in mind for a little bit longer, Franklin. Um I, I'm curious, what's what do you believe has been the disconnect uh with that secondary? Uh that there's so many experienced guys back there. Uh, with Clay Bradbury, who's not having a good a good season by any stretch of the imagination. You bring in Kevin Byard. Um, we know we we know they battled some injuries in the spot and at the safety position here and there. But what do you think has been the overall disconnect 
uh, with this uh, with the secondary who has more experience than not. It's a lack of consistency. That's I think is the biggest thing because when you look at you, it's like almost like a change. Like it's like if I'm working next to a, a, a beat reporter, I was like, okay, I'm used to this, and you figure this one too next week. Oh, yeah. oh I'm just somebody else. Okay, let's do this another week. Somebody else like. What's going on? I, I can't get any. This is what's going on. I can't get any traction here. So I think that's a lot going on there. I mean, I talked to a couple of guys, and they, they say when you had that mixture of young guys that came in there, along with those veterans, they maybe feel like they're overcompensating a bit sometimes, trying to help make sure they're okay. And then meanwhile, when you start having a guy think I have to do maybe a job and a half to help these guys out instead of just doing the regular job, you start to get really it gets tougher. And then guys start freelancing a little bit, and then you start seeing those break those breaks. So. That's the biggest thing. If they don't have any consistency, as long as they stay healthy on the outside, I'm not worried so much about Bradbury and Slay. Uh, maybe as a lot of other people, I think they're going to be fine. I'm just worried about. I just think they need to stay healthy everywhere else. Because this is like a build that chemistry, build that, build everything else to help them around there and get and get used to what they're seeing and help that communication out there. Yeah, Chris, I'm with you. I mean, keep that D line healthy because if you think about it from this standpoint, I mean, they may not be quite. Actually, they're 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 in pretty good shape to get to where they got to last year in terms of sacks. I don't think they'll get that number, but it'll be close. And they're the best team against the run, which is you know last year that wasn't the case, and we saw it in the Super Bowl. They got hurt, you know, in, in, with the running game in the Super Bowl. So you keep that D line healthy. I like to me. I agree with you. Obviously, the secondary's got to be better. There's no doubt. But that's the key to this whole thing, man. I mean, other other than hurts, obviously. Yeah, well, you look at the line. I mean, there's so many guys you, that that I mean, look, even a guy like Josh Sweat, who we, who you see Hassan Reddick, he's doing his normal thing. He's at a better rate that looks like he is right now. Maybe he's motivated by by seeing those numbers that are getting thrown around for those pass rushers. Hey, I do the same thing too. You look on the inside, the interior. You got you got Jalen Carter. You got Jordan Davis, who's playing like the first round first round draft pick you envision him to be at. Not only just his running game, but the pass game. You have so many pieces on this defensive line that if you just have them not take the a heavy snap load, they're good. And you can see the impact that they have. They start wearing down teams. If you make them one-dimensional, especially when you know it's passing out, the only thing I would say I would love to see is them to get more pressure and more consistency stopping the teams on first down so it's not so much second and five, second, third and three, third and two, because we pretty much – we've seen what happens. When it's a team third and eight and you know that and you kept them behind the sticks, they, they, they get in their ears back and we've seen what happens in the pressures and the hurries and everything. So did it, if they snap that up, that defensive line – that's probably the best unit on his team. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't really agree more with you, uh, Chris. You know, I'm thinking about the linebackers, right? And the linebacker room has kind of been fascinating to watch over the past several weeks because uh, Nicobe Dean came in, game one, gets hurt, couldn't finish the game. Then Nicholas Morrow comes in, a guy that they cut, uh, you know, you know, during the offseason. And then he, he, he comes back and he fills in and he's just pretty much stabilized the position along with Zach Cunningham. And then Nicobe Dean gets healthy again and then they take out uh, Nicholas Morrow and it seems, to me at least, it felt like they've been trying to force feed uh, us N'Kobe Dean, and then he gets hurt again. And now Nicholas Morrow is going to have um, the bulk of the snaps, you know, at least for the foreseeable future. What's been your overall evaluation of the linebacker position, the linebacker position, how the Philadelphia Eagles have handled it over the past several weeks, all things considered? I thought it was very telling, especially against that Cowboys game where you saw Dean coming off the bench to start out with. It made me wonder either, A, was that foot really not, and I know it's the other one, but has that really affected him not being the player that he really was beforehand? Or B, is Nicholas Morrow outplaying Nicobe Dean, which is a bigger question in itself? Because I think I like the threat that Morrow has, especially when he can give you that blitz and that A gap. I see he could do a lot of things to create another element to get pressure on his, on his quarterback. But the fact that you have to use that in, against a guy who 
you thought was going to be your three down lineman who's unavailable again because he's hurt is very telling. And now you cannot afford another injury whatsoever. I mean, you look at Morrow. I like. I think Zach Honey has been the best linebacker this team has had yep. in, in the last couple of years. I mean, I like DJ Edwards a lot. I like Kaiser Edwards a lot. But you look at the way the dynamic that he's been playing, not only just against the run but the pass. I think he's been great. So that was a good find by Howie Roseman. I'm worried about the depth for sure because if he gets nicked up and dinged up, he's not to be effective. Now you're Now you're relying on Christian Ellis, Ben Van Sumeren. Who I know Ben did well in that preseason game. It's like near 20 tackles, but it's a whole different game and thing. So I look over all that position. It's better than – it's a better collective than what they've had in the past, but it's still a lot of questions. And you get the right offensive coordinator, right play caller, you can really take advantage of them right now, and that's what has me a little worried. Chris, biggest reason you think the, the running game has dipped, is it lack of attempts? Is it Swift hitting the wall a little bit? Is it maybe the offensive line isn't blocking it up as well as we anticipate? I know – Maybe it coincided with Jurgens a little bit. Maybe we're making too much of that. I don't know. What, what, what do you think the reasoning is for that? I think it's twofold. I think you look at, A, when you look at the way Jurgens left, I mean, Steen did a little bit better, but I think when you look at the way Jurgens left, he not only helped you in that path, I thought he's a better pass blocker than I envisioned because I thought he'd get bullrushed a little bit more, but he was able to open the runs interiorly too. He used athleticism. He got inside guys' pads, moved them out the way, and created a little bit more running room for them on that right side as opposed to when you had Opeta in there. But then I also think you still have Jalen Hurts when you don't have that, when he runs that zone read or he runs outside, even threatens to run that fake on the outside. It could be a regular handoff. He takes two steps to the right. All of a sudden, you're like, safety's in the line. Uh-oh, Hurts has to go on the right. And then all of a sudden, that lane, just, that little lane that was maybe this big, all of a sudden opens that big, and that's the biggest world of a difference. So I look at those who think, Jurgens, I think, coming back eventually when he's healthy, I think that's a big boost for this offensive line. I think they can get a little bit more running when they run to that side. The left side, I'm not worried about. I, when you look at Landon Dickinson, my lot of uh, run me behind 700 yards. I think we all can have about like a good 600, 700 yards in a good season. But <laughs> Don't go that I, far, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> you took it a notch too far, man. <laughs> hey, hey, I think, you know, if, if you, you know, I think, you know, we can, we can collectively we can get about 70, 80 yards of between the three of us. Between the three of us, like, you know, let's, let's hope for 50 yards. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, Chris, you know, it, it's so fascinating, right? You know, we talk about Jalen Hurts' uh, impact on the running game and how uh, not having that threat of him out there kind of really uh, puts a, you know, puts a lot of pressure on guys like Swift and Gainwell and Boston Scott, whenever he gets touches, so on and so forth. But, you know, I want to talk more so about Jalen Hurts' evolution in the passing game. I mean, we're literally seeing this brother really take his game to another level week after week after week. Now, sure, he's battled some he's battled he's battled the turnover bug in the first half of the season, but over the past three weeks, um, he's only turned the ball over one time in an interception. I believe that was against uh, the uh, Miami Dolphins. Um, but other than that, when you really just look at his game in a nutshell, he's been one of the better quarterbacks over the past few weeks in terms of accuracy, in terms of production. Um, in terms of efficiency, uh, you know, what's been your overall evaluation of Jalen Hurts' evolution in the passing game? And, you know, really quickly, if I, if I can throw this in before you answer, you know, guys like Jalen Hurts, that dual threat type of quarterback, typically they don't get to that. Typically they don't start to evolve that part of their game, you know, in the second half of the second half of their career. Right. You know, they want to run less, pass more. Typically, you don't see that until guys get a little deeper into the career with Jalen Hurts. Now, I'm curious to know, like, is is this evolution strictly organic or is it more so injury induced? I think it's a little bit both. I'll start the evolution part first. I look at that guy who I first saw come in, like, and it was working with Marty Morningwick during the COVID year. A guy who was throwing off his back foot, throwing wildly, and like, I had questions. I really did. 
And it wasn't until 2021 when I started to see him get more comfortable. He looked more, he looked a lot more comfortable throwing the ball. And I think the biggest way you could tell a quarterback is, is if he's confident where he's going and, and doing that is look at his feet. He's not getting happy feet. He's not chopping around like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Like, almost, I'm not calling any quarterbacks a puppy or whatever, but like you see a puppy, he's like, oh, what's this? What's this? Can you see that? And he looks settled. He looks calm. He looks, he, he looks confident in that pocket. And I think a lot of that had to do with, a, when he suffered that first injury last year with that ankle, and then now you see with his knee, I think he looks back at that experience and he's forced to pretty much be in that pocket a lot more, and he's still confident. He knows the system already. He's been in it for a while now, and he knows where his progressions are, and I think he's confident. You, if you look around, he looks comfortable. He's settling in there, and then when it's past his pressure, of course, he can still run around and make the plays, but I think he does that a long time. So I think a lot of that was induced by that injury. And it forced him to be that. So when he's healthy, he knows that in his back pocket, he always knows he has that elusiveness that he can get out the pocket. But he knows now that he's comfortable enough that he, if I have to stay in the pocket, I have to make some plays, if I have to put that ball in a tight spot from within the pocket toward the sideline, I can do that. As you see with A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, he's able to do that. So I, it's come, he's come a long, long way from from that guy that was drafted. And you got to credit him for working on that part of his game. Chris, how do you view um, you know the the absence that they're going to have without Goddard? Uh, is it Albert O? Is it Stall being a little bit more offensively you know inclined, other than just the blocking, which you know he's good at? Calcaterra involved a little bit. Who do you see stepping up here, or is it just a matter of more touches maybe for the wideouts? I look more Julio Jones, Olamide Zacchaeus. I look at those two guys, especially the passing game, because it's in you. You wish you had. And maybe when you look at Albo, maybe he did that. In the past, we saw he had like 500 yards receiving that. I was worried about the blocking a little bit, and I hope he's become a better blocker in that aspect. But it's almost a part where it's pretty much just going to be a tell because when you have stolen the field, we saw Jalen target him a few times. I want to say like, he had like 11 catches last year or something like that. You see that, and you're like, okay, if he can at least get a catch, two, three catches a game. Honest, you know it's catch. not always a run when he's on the field, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and now I'm worried about with Al Goddard on the field. Not only does he set things up by the way he runs his routes on the outside and sets these other wide receivers up, I'm worried about the middle of the field and teams double teaming Smith and Brown. So now that's going to rely that middle of the field. I think you, and I've seen a little bit, a little bit of time where you see like Julio Jones and Zacchaeus really when they're when they go they take Goddard off the field and they have him on there. He runs those type of routes in the middle of the field. So I have confidence in those two. Will you get the yards after the catch like you did with the other ones? I think you lose it because I thought Goddard was really well running the ball after catching screens. But I think between the production you get from Goddard, Jones, occasionally Stowe, maybe Albert O. I mean, anything you get from, I think, from Albert O, Calcaterra, or Stowe is just a cherry on the top. But if you get that same production from those guys, I think they'll be fine. But I'm really worried about teams starting to double a little more on the outside in the effect of that offense. Chris, you know, earlier in the show, we brought up this five-game stretch, right? Chiefs, Bills. Uh, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. Uh, we brought that up, and this this is by everyone's estimation, right? Going to be the toughest stretch of the season. Everyone's saying gauntlet. Everyone's saying murderers row, so on and so forth, right? When you hear people say this stretch has an opportunity to define the Philadelphia Eagles' 2023 season, and Jalen Hurts as a quarterback, how do you respond to that? How do you digest that? I look at it as it's a big thing. I think it's a good test for the playoffs. I really do because each, even though this team has a lot of veterans there, each team is different. Each team has a different identity. Sometimes you, sometimes you don't know until more way like around this time of year what team type of team you have. If they can find a way to even all five of these games be competitive, not get blown out, 
really, really assert themselves one way or another, show that aggressiveness or show that they're a tough physical team throughout that stretch, and they can really impose their will on these things, teams, I think you start to look at this team a lot different. So I think there's a lot of questions because it wasn't the dynamic blowouts of last year. You see them in a schedule. Oh, it's a cake schedule last year. Now you see the schedule. And you come out this way, you're like, all right, damn, this is actually a really good team. Like, you got to worry about that. Like, you see that. And I think that's the, that's, I think that's, that I will add the legend to that. But yeah, I think uh, if this team somehow goes, I mentioned before, if this team goes like 4 1, 3 2 through that stretch, and even if, say, the losses are like, say, by like seven points or less, or even very close, like a field goal or less, you really have to seriously look at Jalen Hurts being one of the being the MVP and seriously being the MVP candidate for that one. You have to look at Nick Sirianni getting a lot more credit for getting these guys prepared in order to be ready for these for a stretch of games, even with that record and everything else around there. I mean, but that's the thing too. It's interesting, Chris. Like they rarely ever you lose two games in a row. They rarely ever get blown out. Like I'm trying to remember the. What was the last game they got blown out when when Hertz was a quarterback and with Sirianni? It's probably been since not since Nick's first year, yeah. early in the season. I, I I don't know. I mean, we're going back a ways now. Like even and I get it, the competition's killer during this stretch. But you know, you feel like they're going to be in every one of these games. Yeah, so it's always going to be up before a flower speech. That's pretty much where you have to go for that because once that happened, they rooted themselves and they were good. So yeah, it's, it's and I that's what you there, Chris. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Totally <laughs> it's like when you look at the fixed marks in a lot of time, who knew flowers would be the thing? But anyway, when you look at that, I think when you look at the way this team's competitive, and that's all you really want when you look when you look at this. You see so many guys, and that's why I think Sirianni loses a lot of credit for. Because you see a lot of these coaches, they come in and they're they can go in rah rah, I can do this, we can do this, or this guy can scheme up so much stuff. But the fact that he's able in tune to not only have the culture and set that helps keeps these guys focused but continues to not have them smell themselves too much when these games aren't or get themselves too down if they lose a really close or tough one, like, say, the Jets game when he had players being accountable. I think it goes a long way, too, to talk about accountability. That goes a long way in this team being successful. It's, it's shocking. He doesn't get a lot more credit that you see there. You see, I mean, D'Amico's, to me, and I know it's going off tangent, D'Amico Ryan's if they make the playoffs or now once he deserves to be coach of the year. But you see a first-year guy, he goes that. He's like, wow, okay, look at this. You look at Nick Sirianni, when you say people talk about top coaches, you sometimes don't even hear Nick Sirianni mentioned to like five or six. You just have to look at the job he's done long term and see like, hey, this guy has done really well. You know, uh, if I could take it off the field for a moment, you know, Harry Roseman, I've been I've been talking a lot about him these past several days because, um, you know, it's the bye weekend. Um, we've had some time to really sit back with, uh, you know, this team over the past several games, uh, the good, the bad. Um, we've been able to really get a good feel for um, the additions and uh, also – uh, the, and also the subtractions and how that impacted the roster. What's been your um, thoughts on how 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 Harvey Roseman has uh, handled damage control? Again, you lose uh, Miles Sanders, you replace him with DeAndre Swift. Uh, you lose Isaac Samalu, you elevate Cameron Jurgens, and then you draft Tyler Steen. Uh, you lose T.J. Edwards, you bring in Morrow, uh, and you and you try to elevate Dean Kaiser White, Zach Cunningham, C.J. G.J. Kevin Byard. Hargrave, Jalen Carter, Marcus Epps, Reed Blankenship. What's been your evaluation of how Harvey Roseman has handled damage control? And do you believe he's beginning to get value um, for the guys he's put in compared to the guys that he's let walk? 
I think when you look value-wise, I think even when it comes to the comp picks, I think that's big because you can't make a lot of these trades that they've done if you don't project yourself to have these comp picks that they have. I mean, Javon Hargrave walking, you still get Jalen Carter, and now you're still looking at a, a third-round pick next year if everything holds the way it is right now. Because and, and on top of that as well, too, I like that stuff. You look at the CJ Garner. I mean, even with the Isaac Sayamala, what you got there, you got you got Cam Jurgis to fill in for his year. You got Tyler Steen here. No, yeah, you got a pick coming up for the fifth round because you let him walk on that one, too. He's getting a... I like the way he's being proactive about this and still getting stuff in return when he's doing that. And I think a lot of times when we see a lot of these GMs, they will, they'll sit back and wait till an issue pop up in that hour too. I like the fact that he's forward thinking or looking ahead to say, oh, this could be a potentially a problem or doesn't let it be a problem for long to do that. Because I mean, when you, we, we look at the freeze side, we saw they weren't really getting, when, when Quez was having his issues, especially if that Ramsky, what's the next thing to do? Oh, Julio Jones is around here and, and you start making a lot of those changes. I like the fact that he's proactive. And you need that because a lot of times these guys will sit back and go, well, I'll wait a couple of weeks. I'll see you there. And the whole landscape can change within one game on somebody else's game. So I think that's been the biggest difference in him continuing to progress as a general manager. Because we've seen it even back seven seventeen. But you look at that first in Howie Roseman versus what he's done now. He's a lot more proactive than likely he's doing there. And it's helped out this team immensely. And yeah. He's talked himself again to another uh, executive part of the executive uh, of the year award to this point. Now. It's, it's crazy to see this distress that he's that this team is under now. Yeah. Amazing to think in this day and age when we want like everything in, in a microwave, right? That people can actually get better. If you give them a little <laughs> bit of time, it, it, it's crazy. to think. Uh, last one for me, Chris, you look at the Niners, you look at the Cowboys, you look at the lions. If you want to throw somebody else in there, feel free. But who do you look at as the biggest threat to the Eagles right now in the NFC? I think you look at the Lions as the one seed. That's the biggest threat with the way that schedule. And the only thing that the Eagles have to hope is, I mean, I think the Lions are hoping the same thing too. You look, They're both in the similar situations where those final three games, I mean, the, the Eagles have this stretch, which is critical. But is, even if they do get those losses, they're going to be in the same position as the Lions. Lions have the, Lions have the Vikings twice, two, two times for three games. Eagles have the Giants two times for three games. And you look at the way that Josh Dobbs is all of a sudden starting to play again now. All of a sudden, that factors into that thing. You got to figure the Giants. I don't think the, the Lions. Sorry, I'm keeping the Giants. Giants are way dead. But you look at the Lions. I don't think that. I think See, they're really out of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, Oh gosh, it's yeah. like, uh, but uh, you, if you look at the way the Lions right now, the way they're running, the, I don't think they run the table. I think there's a loss in there, and I also think they lose one of those two against uh, the Vikings now too. Yeah. So as long as the Eagles handle their business, they get a couple things. Uh, I think they're the biggest threat because I think if you get the 49ers to me, even though they went to Jacksonville, that's Jacksonville. I mean, the Jaguars still have some flaws in there. I'd feel more comfortable with the 49ers here at the link as opposed to having to go out there to California or be on a road to play that. I think the Eagles can play well enough when if they had to go to Detroit, if they need, even if they need to, but I think the Lions still are the, are the biggest threats to them. Okay. Chris, if I could sneak one last one on you before you get out of here, man. Again, we appreciate you for um, locking in with us uh, and spending the time the way you did. Um, if I could sneak this in, you know, I'm thinking about the way this Philadelphia Eagles team was winning games last season and how they're winning games this year and everything they've been to up until this point, uh, losing the Super Bowl by three, um, battling, uh, you know, the inertia, the physics of uh, a Super Bowl hangover. You know what I mean? Battling all those uh, uh, extenuated circumstances. And also they battled injury throughout this season. And they've had some games where they've had to come back from behind at least by double digits, right? Do you believe or do you do you buy into the fact that this Philadelphia Eagles team in 2023 could potentially be more mentally prepared for the rigors of a playoff versus 
um, how they were winning games last season. And does this style of football that they're playing now, although it's scary in the season, does it translate better to the playoffs more so than their style of playing last season? I think the style of the, the style of the playing there right now for I think helps because it puts you if you're consistently in those situations where you're in close games, which is like that playoff atmosphere. I think one of the best things that happened to that team I think happened against the, against the Cowboys was because that was a playoff like atmosphere. So it got those young guys of really experienced like, hey, this is what's going to be needed when you got when when it's for real when everything counts and one of you one of you're done. So I thought that was very beneficial. So I think that style they're playing is fine. I. And conversely, I think the way last year, when they, I think they pretty much, to me, I thought they were playing with more house money and more relaxed because they know they pretty much were getting up with it. It just seemed like they were just like, well, nobody expects us to be the one seed anyway. All right, cool. We'll just keep thinking this way, just keep doing things that way. I thought that, that to me, I think that was, a, I didn't think they had as much pressure last year. And I thought it still worked that way too. I think sometimes when you know, like, I think when you extend a period of time when people know you're the team and you get everybody's best and you get continue that one time, you're going to, it's a little rough. So that can play in your mind a little bit. Like it can be mentally exhausted sometimes too. But I think overall, when you look at it too, I, last, I think last year's team had a lot easier than this year's team yep. when it comes to in, in that terms. Agree with that. Chris, keep up the good work, man. Uh, again, love following you, you on, on Twitter. See Franklin News, NJ.com, covering the birds who uh, get back at it this week and get ready for the Chiefs. Chris, always fun, man. Thanks for a couple minutes. Appreciate hey, it. I- Kimmy, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you, man. Take care, sir. See you all later. Chris Franklin, good information there. Good, uh, good, good things to kick around a little bit, Tone, as we uh, we continue with the program. Definitely. All right, we're gonna come back. We're gonna look at surprises. We're gonna look at some things that, if you would have said to us, September 9th would be happening right now on November thirteenth or what? What is today? Yeah, thirteenth. I'd say you're nuts, but they're really happening. Okay, including. C.J. Stroud, Josh Dobbs, Kevin O'Connell, Bill Belichick, Sam Howell, among others. So we'll get into all of that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. He is Tone Shields in Port D-Gun. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I need to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because I don't want you going through what I went through for years, trying to find the right person to handle my finances and my future. Uh, I can tell you from personal experience that somebody that I trust with my finances is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can also email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes 
to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Yes, we are. Appreciate you hanging with us. We just wrap things up with Chris Franklin. If you missed any of that, just go to jacobsports.com, go to Jacobsports YouTube network and check out any of the interviews we do or any portions of the show. All right, so, so I'm thinking about this today as I'm, I'm getting the show ready. And there were a couple things that just sort of stood out. So the early game yesterday in Germany, the, the Patriots get their doors. Well, they didn't get killed, but they played terrible. Uh, six points. That- <laughs> you, you, you can say it. You can say it. <laughs> They they suck out loud, right? So <laughs> I'm thinking about that. I'm lo- I was looking up some NFL stats, and I see Sam Howell is the leading passer in the NFL. I'm seeing what C.J. Stroud is doing as a rookie, and instead of talking about rookie of the year, should we be talking about MVP? I'm seeing Josh Dobbs basically get out of that, that purgatory that is Arizona. He goes to Minnesota. He was there for like a day. Leads him to a win. Leads him to another win yesterday. Kevin O'Connell, meanwhile, under the radar, has has won five straight games without Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. And D'Amico Ryans has the the Houston Texans as a legitimate playoff threat. So with all of that, like there's so many things to dive into that we just didn't see happening. And and I'm telling you, man. So let, let's let me start with Stroud. Okay. So they win yesterday, but let, let just give me a season numbers here. 2626 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's got a six, he's completing 61% of his passes. He's got a 101.0 passer rating. This guy has not just been good as a rookie. He's been a stud quarterback period and like 
again, I know he won't get it, or I don't think he'll get it ultimately, but I'm I'm trying to ask the question, why isn't this guy in a conversation in terms of MVP? You know, look, the like you said, the reality is he's a rookie and uh he's gonna have to pretty he's gonna have to be stellar uh to be uh MVP. But here's the thing, right? Here's what's fascinating. And not saying he hasn't been stellar already, he's been spectacular. You know, um he's kind of breaking the uh the old adage that Ohio State quarterbacks can't make it in the NFL and he's doing it in a big way. Here's another aspect about this thing that needs to get talked about. Could the Houston Texans win the division? Let's really let's 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 really consider it now because the upcoming schedule is their upcoming their upcoming schedule is more favorable than Jacksonville's. Let's let's put it in perspective. Yeah. Jacksonville has Tennessee. They're at Houston. They have the Bengals. They're at Cleveland. They have the Ravens, Buccaneers, Panthers, Titans, right? So the, the, the games that stand out at this point on their on their schedule is Texans, Bengals, Browns, Ravens. That's a tough stretch for the for the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, especially what we saw um, just yesterday against their matchup against the 49ers. Um, and then Houston, on the other hand, they have uh, their home against the Cardinals, their home against the Jags, their home against the Broncos, then they're on the road against the Jets and Titans, and then they're home against the Browns, Titans again, and then all the road against the Colts. So mm-hmm. when I look at that, the only games that stand out to me from a competition perspective are Jags and Browns. So I say again, Robert Ellis, yeah. could C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans win the AFC South? Is it possible? The Jags lost yesterday. They're only one game behind them now. What do we, you know? What are we talking about now? Is, is C.J. Stroud the best quarterback in the AFC South? I know I'm throwing a lot at you right now, but I need yeah. you to. I need you to give me all that. Give me the goods. Okay. So first off, he has been better than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence stunk yesterday in a big game, in a showcase kind of game, in in a show me you're for real kind of game. So can they? Absolutely, they can. Look, Jacksonville. I know they got on a, on a big time run, and I'm I'm trying not to totally overreact by by San Francisco spanking him yesterday. But that is playing on my mind a little bit here, man. I'm with you, so, and I'm a Jags guy. You know, you know me. I've been. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, but I'm telling you, man. You 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 pointed out it, it's not just. It is the schedule for sure. I mean, that definitely plays into to the the mindset. Like, I think they beat Arizona this week, Houston. I think that a home game against Jacksonville. I like them in that one. Denver's very beatable. At New York's very doable. Tennessee's possible. Cleveland's going to be tough. Um, but no, there's a, there's a lot that can go right. The other thing is, I think they're really well coached. You know, and and what D'Amico Ryans is doing, D'Amico Ryans should actually be considered for coach of the year as well. Like, And I'll get into who I think it, it, the leader in the clubhouse is right now, but I think he should be in any kind of consideration for that. Yeah, man, that is not a team you want to count out. I will just tell you that. Don't anybody who's writing the Texans off. Do I think it's more likely Jacksonville wins the division? Yeah, but do I think the Texans are out of this thing? Not by a long stretch, man. I think they can absolutely do damage here. And it, this could be a, a situation where it comes down to the very end this division. Yeah, so and, the last you know, week, you know, the last week or so, it could come down to that for sure. They're, they're, they're the real deal. And, and and what makes what makes what CJ Stroud is doing? What makes it so spectacular to me? is his ability to spread the ball around. He is literally hitting everybody uh, in his lineup at, at the skill positions, wide receivers and tight ends. He's just been spreading the ball around so well. Tank Dell, 57 targets. Dalton Schultz, 56 targets. Nico Collins, 50, 50, 53 targets. Robert Woods, 46 targets. Even Noah, even Noah Brown has 28 targets. He's just shown this ability to 
make everybody on the field a threat. And that's a skill set at the quarterback position to be able to see all your guys at a high level and be able to get them in situations where they can win. I mean, at, at this at this rate, if he continues to throw the ball the way he's throwing them, he could potentially have three receivers, three guys with the ball, or or at least two wide receivers with over a thousand yards and a tight end with over eight hundred yards. If, yeah. if things keep going the way they're going, this is similar to what. Um, Jalen Hurts did last season having does, two receivers like over a thousand yards yes. and a tight end with over 700, 800 yards. I mean, like, I mean, obviously their games are different, but CJ Stroud, this kid is so young. He's he's in the infancy of his career. He's just he's only throwing second interception on the season with 15 passing touchdowns. He's a he's a freak of nature. And also, we can we can't we can't overlook the person he did it against. Joe yeah. in the in the Cincinnati Bengals. And we're going to talk about that team as well as, as a surprise because. I'll be honest about this. I I didn't expect the Cincinnati Bengals to come out the gate kind of limping the way they have. Now they did kind of, they did kind they of lighted it, yeah, a little bit, right? But when you really look at it and just and, and just consider how they've been able to get back on track, you know they took advantage of a weak Cardinals team. Right. Um, they took advantage of a questionable Seahawks team and they barely beat them. And then they took it to the 49ers and they and, and they took it to the Bills. I'll give them credit for that. But then you lose to the Texans, a team that's still figuring it out, and they got pretty much surgically dismantled with uh, CJ Stroud going for a game-winning game-winning drive. You know, the, the the Bengals. Let's transition to that. How disappointing have they been on the season with a five and four record? Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I, I because I thought, okay, they struggled early. Burrow wasn't healthy, understandable a little bit. Now they figured it out. To lose that game this past week was was disappointing for me, for them. It's um, a huge setback. Huge setback. The, the other thing, just the last thing on, on Stroud is, it's most impressive to me, two interceptions. Cold-blooded. You know, 15 to two ratio for touchdown-interception. That, that, to me, a young guy, the hardest thing for a young guy, one of the hardest things, is taking care of the football. They're going to force things. They're going to make mistakes. It, it's a it's a the nature of the beast but for him to be as as good as he has been with taking care of the football is to me the most impressive thing about what Stroud's done it's it's been nothing short of awesome so Absolutely. props to him um how about Josh Dobbs man I, I mean this guy was kind of languishing in our first of all he started the season with Cleveland they deal him to Arizona he's their quarterback he was the quarterback when they beat Dallas. So then yes. when Kyler Murray's coming off the, the injured list, they they move him to Minnesota, who needed him badly when Kirk Cousins goes down. He arrived like Wednesday, didn't even know dudes' names that he was throwing the ball to, and wins the previous week. And you're saying, wow, that's pretty amazing. You know, pretty cool. But then you watch what he did last yesterday on top of it, and then you put the whole picture together here of what's happening with this team all of a sudden. So the Vikings right now, who we all counted out, I know I did, they've won five straight, and they've done it. The, the bulk of those wins are without Justin Jefferson, arguably the best receiver in football, and Kirk Cousins for however you feel about him. The guy's a pro. You lose your starting quarterback, you're usually screwed. The Vikings deserve a lot of credit as an organization for keeping it together. Absolutely. And if you look at their next three game stretch, um, with them being with them being six and four right now, 
they can very well they can very well end up being nine and four at the end of this three game stretch. They're on the road against the Broncos, they're home against the Bears, and they're on the road against the Raiders. Those games are all winnable by my estimation. And then their first and then their first uh test uh, after that stretch comes against the Bengals on the road. But again, who knows who the Bengals are at this point and who they will be at that point in the season? Um, I expect Joe Burrow to still be the quarterback that he is, but. Man, the uh, the Bengals are, have just been very inconsistent, but the, and then the Vikings have just found this, you know, ha, ha, found this fountain of freedom, right? You know, they're yeah. you know they they beat the 49ers, a, a signature win for them. Uh, the, you know, they they took advantage of some teams that maybe people think are a little bit more talented, like the Saints. The Saints are another team yeah. um, that I have on my list of uh, surprises. I expected them to be significantly better uh, than what they are now. Uh, it, it, let's let's really. Take this into into consideration, right? The Lions, what are they right now? The Lions are. I'm gonna make sure I got this correct. The Lions are seven and two. The Minnesota Vikings are six and four. If we talked about this, and you know, in, in our pre-show meeting, uh, Rob, mm-hmm. if Detroit finds a way to lose a game, either next week or or there's still some time left, but they find a way to lose a game or two, and Minnesota keeps this thing up. Could 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 Minnesota push Detroit for that? You know, for that number one spot in the division. Yes. Yes is the answer. I, look, I think ultimately it is Detroit in, in that one. I, 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 but what here's here's what if I'm the Vikings, my aim is is for, for one of those wild card shots because there's one team coming out of the South. That that division is so mediocre. Uh, there's gonna be one team coming out of there. I think there's two coming out of the West. There's two coming out of the East. I mean, I'm I'm trying to get one of those wild card spots. That's what I'm battling for if I'm them. And I think you have a good chance of doing it. I mean, if you look at what the Vikings have um, remaining, so let's just run through what they have real, just very quickly. And I know you were mentioning this earlier at Denver. I, I don't know. I want to see what Denver looks like tonight. They kind of write it themselves a little bit, but I want to see what they look like tonight against the, uh, the bills, but very right. well, Chicago home big game well. for the bills, by the way, big game. And that's another oh, surprise. We're going to talk about them, they're they're at, they're at five and four. The bills are, they lose that the game. Bengals. They're in trouble. In the, for, for a playoff spot. But you the next week is against Chicago at home for the Vikings. That's a win. That's a oof, man. That's the Monday night game. Ugh. Anyway, um, then they have a bye week. So they get some time to rest. Um, then they're at the Raiders. Raiders have been playing better, but, you know, we'll see. Then it gets a little bit tougher. Go to Cincinnati, Detroit at home. Then you're, you get Green Bay at home, which should be winnable. Then you have to go to Detroit. So, they don't have a particularly easy schedule, but let's see. All right, I'm going to go one, two, three, four. I see somewhere at least four wins there for them. So if they get four more wins, that gets them to 10. There's an outside shot at a playoff berth at 10 and seven. There's a shot. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, the, like I said, another team that's kind of shocked me with the level of talent they have versus the production. Uh, two teams, actually. I, I mentioned the Saints, um, but also the Chargers. You know, they are a team who are four and five. Uh, the Saints are five and five. And I look at both of those teams like, OK, they have stability at the quarterback position. Uh, they have talent um, in the running back room. Uh, they have uh, what they have weapons at the skill positions. To have talent on the defense side of the ball, what's holding these teams back from being successful? What? Why is it so hard for these teams to maintain a record above 500? 
it's so it's so strange to me. I understand that the Chargers have coaching questions, and the Saints, yeah. in my opinion, have coaching questions as well. I never, yeah. I never was a Dennis Allen guy. I'm not a fan of either coach. So, so I mean, it is it strictly that is, is it really that simple to be able to just pinpoint that the the, the problem with these rosters, no. the problem with these teams, are coaching? I, I feel like it's so much more than just that. I, I'll just take the Saints. Uh, I, you know, I I think Derek Carr is okay. I don't think he's special. Um, I don't think Dennis Allen's a good coach. I, I, I don't think the Chargers coach is a good coach. I think for all the hype and the money, Herbert's talented. You know, we've had this discussion a lot. He's talented, but right. in, in really, that's huge, never the question with him. No, it's no, not talent at all. No, it's, it's huge spots with him. Like where, what are you doing in big, big spots have to have it kind of moments. And you know, the other thing with them is like, there's, there always seems to be a lot of injuries, you know, with the Chargers. It's a lot going on, man, um, you know, for sure. So I would say um, I'm not a believer in either of those teams. In terms, I don't have faith in either one of those organizations, um, even a little bit. But re- last thing on the on the Vikings, I think Kevin O'Connell, their coach, has done a great job to keep things together there. I really do. Like, he, he that's hard losing – you're, you know, a, a borderline MVP receiver and, and a, a you know, a, an established starting quarterback who's you kind of your heart and soul guy. So good job out of him. You mentioned in the pre-show meeting that Kevin O'Connell should be a coach of the year candidate. Yep. Who are your top three candidates for coach of the year today on November 13th? All right. Kevin O'Connell, uh, certainly D'Amico Ryans, uh, certainly. How is it Nick Sirianni in these discussions? His team's eight and one. I, 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 I'm honestly, I don't know how he's not, but he should be, uh, even though he probably will be overlooked nationally. Dan Campbell has to be in any conversation with Detroit off to a seven and two start. So I, I would, I would just right out of the shoot, say those guys, I will give some props to, I think Shane Steichen's done a nice job with not a ton to have the Colts mm-hmm. at five and five. Like they're not going to be a playoff team. They're ultimately not going anywhere. That's just a little former Eagle love. I, I, I will give him, you know, I thought, I think he's doing a good job. Uh, generally, but I would say they would be mine. Am I, who am I missing, Tone, in your estimation? For me, um, I definitely got to throw in our guy, Mike Tomlin. Man, uh, yeah. I, I, I just love what he's doing with that team. They're very limited offensively at, at the quarterback at the quarterback position. Um, they don't have a consistent run game at all. Um, George Pickens seems like he's uh turning into a diva. Um, and he's still managing to keep that team engaged, and, the, and their defense is literally ca- carrying them to the finish line. Now, how long will their defense be able to keep up that pace? Um, I'm unsure, but as of right now, today, they're 6-3, and three, and, they're, and they're competing uh, to win that division um, with the Ravens losing um, to the Browns. Uh, the Ravens are 7-3, and three, Steelers are 6-3, and three, Browns are 6-3, and three, Bengals fell to 5-4. and four. Who would have thought? Mike Tomlin would have the Steelers at six and three competing with the Ravens, who are significantly more talented than them, um, you know, in the division. And they've already beaten the Ravens once. So um, the Steelers already have the edge over them in that. So I got to give Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin some love as well. Um, you mentioned one of my guys. Um, I love what Dan Campbell uh, is doing uh, for the Detroit Lions, a team that has had uh, no sense of urgency or no sense of direction over the past uh, 20 plus years. We have no idea who they, who they've been. And all of a sudden um, he's had this team pretty re- relevant over the past couple seasons. Um, you gotta, you gotta give credit where credit is due in that regard. And then I got to go, uh, a guy you mentioned as well, um, D'Amico Ryan's in Houston, another team who's been, um, they faded into obscurity. They've, they've never really been a threat on any level, uh, maybe since the Andre Johnson years. 
uh, when they had uh, Matt Schaub, potentially. <laughs> but, right. you know, right. overall, the, I, I, I just love the way the Houston Texans look. I love the way uh, D'Amico Ryan has those guys responding, keeping them engaged. It's so fascinating how how easy it is for a team to shift their focus and shift their commitment to the game when they have someone that they can believe in at that coaching position. And uh, D'Amico Ryan, uh, he, he played the game at a high level. I think these players uh, are gravitating to that aspect of him. I think he gets the players. I think they just love playing for him, and he's giving them something to play for. Uh, so I love D'Amico Ryan's Mike Tomlin, and um, uh, my guy uh, Dan Campbell. If you notice, all those guys have something in common, and they're just very ferocious characters. You know, they're no nonsense guys. Yeah, that's true. And um, I'm real, I'm real big on the militant figures uh, in football. <laughs> the militant figures. Um, all right, so this is another one that I just didn't see coming. Like there's a real legitimate chance that Bill Belichick's not coaching the Patriots next year. We've gotten to that point now. So they're two and eight. Okay. And it was yet another uninspired, embarrassing, bad performance. So he sticks with Mac Jones. I don't know how many people saw it. It was the morning game. So I get it if you didn't, but he (laughs) sticks with Mac Jones until super late. Okay. Then he decides I'm going to put Bailey Zappi in there at the very end of the game. He should have done it way before that. If you were going to make a change. So he puts Zappy in there. Tone, he fakes. There's a fake kneel down situation. Zappy throws and the ball gets picked off and that really sealed it. But like it, it's 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 a it, what you're seeing is the result of really poor decision making by Belichick from a personnel standpoint because they're not talented. And they don't appear to be coached up particularly well either. And you know, I know he signed that, you know, lucrative contract extension in the offseason. But I'm telling you right now, man, like there is a chance that that maybe Washington makes a trade for him or he decides, you know, let, let's let's go see other people. I'm going to walk you walk, you know, whatever. I'll get I'll let you out of this contract. I don't know. But it's feeling more and more real where I didn't think it was real that he'd be out of there. It's coming to a point where I believe his voice is growing stale um, in that uh, in, in, in that locker room. You know, you know, you know, the old thing that they always talked about, the Patriot way. And it's beginning to look like it was time, the Tom Brady way rather than the Patriot way. And look, I never want to pretend Bill Belichick is, is not a good coach. He he's, he's one of the greatest coaches to ever coach this game. And typically um, coaches are defined by um, the play they get at the quarterback position. Right. Andy Reid had a, you know, had a lot of respect in the NFL, but he really didn't start getting his true flowers until he came across a guy named, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of hard to be successful at your job um, when your quarterback position is as, is as unstable as the New England, New England Patriots is. Now, still, though, when you just think about their schedule and um, the way the Patriots do business, you would have thought they would still be much better than what they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I, I think that's the thing. I don't think any of us had the Patriots, you know, as Super Bowl contenders or as real or, or, or real threat in the playoffs. But I think we all thought that they could maybe go, I don't know, eight and nine, nine and eight. We thought that was probably a realistic notion for them. But for them to be what at two and eight now, two yeah. and seven, whatever it is, it's it, it's it's almost like it's almost like it's almost like the floor is bottom bottoming out, but, you know, beneath their feet. And I think it's at a point now where his voice is growing so stale. I think people are tired of. um you know, Tom Brady was kind of like that buffer between Belichick and the rest of the players, right? You know, people felt like, you know, well, if Tom Brady's rolling with it, 
I guess we got to roll with it. You know what I mean? But now that Tom Brady's not there, it's like, okay, who's the buffer between Bill Belichick um, and these players? Who's that? Who's that cushion between Bill Belichick's yeah. rough exterior yeah. and, you know, the organization and the players? And now Bill Belichick is kind of just looking like a grumpy old man out there. So, you know, we'll see how this thing pans out, man. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm gravely disappointed in Mac Jones. I expected a lot more from his career at this point. I did too. Uh, he's regressed, uh, you, you know, and I don't, I don't think the future is there for him. Uh, and, and I think a lot of that, I thought this year with Bill O'Brien, uh, we, we would see much more out of him. I really did. And, and the fact that it looks like it looks like I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, in, fra- in fact, I would be surprised if he, they continue with him as the starter and I'm not laying it all on him, but uh, I, I think you're probably looking at, at a Bailey Zappy. Uh, you know, starting uh, starting this week for New England, probably, which tells you all you need to know about where things are for them. Uh, it ain't good. Uh, the only positive for them is they're going to be picking so high that they could draft a quarterback uh, potentially. And, and that would probably be the best route for them to go. And the other thing is, I think the remember there was the there's there's oh, the age old argument was it Brady was it Belichick, blah, blah, blah. And, and look, ultimately, the answer is it was a little bit of both. But there's no coincidence that this has fallen off, you know, off the off the map, off a cliff since Brady left. I mean, they made the playoffs I, once since Brady. Left. Right. I, I hear you. Uh, they made the playoffs the following. What was it? The following season or two years later, or something like that. Yeah, so whatever it was, yeah. It, it was. It was like, okay, yeah, we know time. The player is always more valuable than the coach. I don't care what anyone says. You know, the player is always more valuable depending on the situation for the most part. But Tom Brady, we know he was the one driving that ship for the most part. So, I mean, it's Tom Brady. Not many people can rebound off a guy like that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not it's not the easiest job in the world to just find um, a unicorn in the sixth or seventh round at the quarterback position. Um, it's not an easy feat at all. So I, I can't really blame Belichick and that organization for not being able to rebound from that. I just didn't think that they would fall off this badly. I think that's I think that's the bigger surprise. How far they fall and not not the idea that they've fallen at all. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's uh let's uh jump ahead now. Uh take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll we'll revisit that Cowboys Giants. We'll look at what Seattle and, and the Commanders did yesterday. We'll look at the 49ers what they did yesterday. A lot to dip into here NFL wise and then we do our full-fledged NFL segment. Where do you hear this bet? That, that, that somebody made um, and it was a four leg parlay that paid off to the tune of $5 million. I'll explain oh. it when we come back. Incredible. Incredible. So we'll do all that. When we get back, you don't want to go anywhere. Trust me. That's tone. I'm Rob. We are sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network. I want to tell you about pro action restoration. Yes. I've had pro action restoration out of the house the last couple of days, you know, doing some work. I had a flood in the basement and it's been a mess. Um, and they had their their industrial fans here drying everything out, putting the anti-mold stuff around. Had a lot of work done. I got a long way to go, uh, unfortunately, because of what happened, but it could not be a better process than I have right now with Pro Action Restoration. So if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property, and you go through the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, or mold damage, they're the place that you turn to. Pro Action Restoration is licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades they will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, if it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Welcome back in. That's Tone and for D Gun. D, D Gun's doing well. Uh, for, for folks who are asking, we appreciate it. Things are getting better definitely, on that. Definitely. And really quickly, Rob, before we mm-hmm. get too far into the content, we got to talk more about that GoFundMe, man. Make sure you guys yeah, let's throw uh, it up there again. Check it out. Check yep. it out in the um in the uh, if you notice, guys, in the live chat, there is a link uh, posted or pinned to the top of that. Uh, it's a GoFundMe to our our brethren uh, D Gun. His uh, GoFundMe for his family, uh, more specifically his wife Trish. Uh, they experienced, uh, you know, some, you know, some, some, some medical issues, and um, obviously we know in this day and age things are tough, things are more expensive, um, and we all know Digun has a really big family. So, uh, you know, we really appreciate all the love and support you guys provide to Digun and his family, uh, especially his wife Trish. Um, if you guys want to support in any kind of way, if you guys want to bless his family in any kind of way, uh, yeah. there's a link. At the top of that live chat where you guys can click on it, it'll take you directly to this GoFundMe page. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you'll be able to support his family directly. And we appreciate all the love and support that you guys provide on a, on a daily basis. Yeah, it's incredible, you know, what's been raised so far. And and we understand, you know, people are just doing anything they can to help. And uh, it's appreciated. And believe me, Derek has expressed to me uh, how thankful he is uh, for everybody and, and, and got a great uh, level of gratitude for what everybody's doing for him. So th- whatever you can do, thank you. 
Uh, that, that's all we can tell you. Whatever you can do is great. And if you can't can't do anything financially, just just some good vibes, some good thoughts, some good prayers. That's it. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely, Tone. All right. I uh, appreciate you, you putting that up there. And again, anything anybody can do is always appreciated. All right. Uh, so back to uh, to the fun and games, the toy department, as I like to say. Um, <laughs> I like that. So the, the yeah, the Cowboys. I mean, you made a good point. We were talking about this in our pre-show meeting and. Yes, they emphatically beat up on the Giants, but 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 ultimately, what does that mean? Like, yes, they're very good at beating up on the the, the little sisters of the poor, but ultimately, <laughs> when you're playing, you know, the Eagles in a big spot. And Where did you, you get that from? What is that? Oh, that's an old school saying, man. Um, but no, I mean, think about it, right? I mean, with the Eagles, Dak steps out of bounds. You you tackle Schoonmaker on the one. Like there's you can't make the play on that final drive when you get it down to the six and then you start marching backwards. Like Dallas is is a is great at front running and beating up on the on the on the weaklings. But where are you when you're playing the big boys? That's the big test for the Cowboys, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, you're right. It's, it's it's so fascinating because they are so predictable. You know what I mean? It's 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 one of those things that you can it's it's like the sun it's like the sunrise and you know what's going to come. You know what I mean? And they have this ability to be the biggest bullies on the block up until another bully shows up and says, "Hey, listen, man, uh, I heard you like taking bikes. Let <laughs> uh, let let me get your bike. Let me take your bike for a ride." You know what yeah. I mean? And the reality is, they're a team who, in my opinion, they lack they lack they lack true championship dna they lack they lack that that gene that you need uh, uh in close games they lack that clutch factor that poise whenever you put them in a situation that's remotely dire when they've had to make the play where they've had to show up or maybe get the stop they haven't been a team this year that's shown us that they're capable of winning and winning big mm-hmm. that's that see when we talk about the Cowboys, this is we're not comparing them to the Giants. We're not comparing them to the Saints. We're not comparing them to the Vikings or the or or the uh, what's another team that's that's not good. The, the Commanders. We're not comparing them to these lowly teams. When you're supposed to be a Giant, you're going to be compared to the other Giants in the game. You know what I mean? Eagles, 49ers. Um, the Lions are showing right now they're one of the better teams you have to respect. They still have to prove it to me, but still, the Lions are one of the better teams right now. Um, on the other side of things, uh, Chiefs, Ravens, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, so it's so so it's just yeah, it's so it's it's so hard for me to take the Cowboys seriously when whenever they actually go up against somebody that's remotely close to or on their level, they shrink. Yeah, how can you not take a team like that seriously? Agreed, agreed. I you got to they're in they're in show me mode, man. As far as I'm concerned, 100. percent But the stuff going on with the line uh, with the Giants that's the bigger story. So <laughs> Dable, and Dable and Wink Martindale get into it on the sideline. Slayton and Mike Grohl, who's the wide receivers coach, get into it on the sideline. Uh, Sterling Shepard jumps in. He and St- Slayton start having words. Saquon and Dable get in on the on, on the sideline. Like it, it is. I don't think Dable or Joe Joe Shane, who's the GM. I don't think either guy gets fired. So that's not where I'm going with this. But 
I will tell you, man, like they are really, really a mess right now where you're going to see some changes made. You're going to see some changes made. Uh, I don't know that I think Martindale might survive, but I think the offensive coordinator might be in trouble. And the other thing is considering they paid Daniel Jones a lot of money, but once you get past the 24 season, the hit isn't that ridiculous. Yeah, they can get out of it. The chance that they draft a quarterback. I really Absolutely, don't. yeah. Yep, the guaranteed money runs out after the next season. So, um, yeah, they give him big money up front or whatever, but they have a they have a very good opportunity to get, to get out of the contract. Uh, they have some decisions to make this offseason. season. Um, are they going to are they going to bring back Saquon? Yep. Uh, are are they going to draft a quarterback? You know, high in the draft, which we know they'll be. Uh, what do they do? Um, at the offensive and defensive coordinator positions. Uh, is the GM as safe as we think he is? You know, Dayball, he just got there. He's not, they, they were trash before him. So it's kind of hard to even say he's the issue. Um, but they're a team who, by definition, overplayed their hand. They thought they were further along than what they were. They thought they had something that they actually didn't at the quarterback position. And they're paying for it. And they made some terrible offseason moves. You trade for Darren Waller, who hasn't given you any remotely, who hasn't remotely given you any level of consistent football. Um, you didn't do anything to really satisfy your wide receiver position. Uh, your offensive line is still putrid. Uh, your your um your your uh, high draft pick in Kayvon Thibodeau still hasn't shown an ability to be dominant on a consistent basis. Um, you paid you paid Dexter Lawrence, a guy a, a guy who, who who's a really good player. Uh, you traded. Uh, who was that? Was it Leonard Williams? Is that was that was that his name? Leonard uh, Williams to the uh, you, to the Seahawks. You, you trade him to the Seahawks. Okay, whatever. You got away from that contract. Uh, you you have a safety in, in Xavier McKinney who's kind of taking shots at the defensive coordinator right now. There's just so much dysfunction over there in that building. When they say New York is the city of bright lights and it's, it's theater and all that, you know, all that stuff. And it's, that's exactly what you're getting right now from, you know, from uh, the New York giants It's nothing but theater. Just, right. just, 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 just a lot of bad actors. Yeah. No, there's no question about that. Uh, all right. So beyond that Seahawks beat the commanders yesterday, 29, 26, Seattle moves to six and three Washington now four and six. The, the big thing for Seattle is, Geno Smith bounces back. 31 of 47, 369 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 103.9 passer rating, led them on two late scoring drives. Um, you know, they needed that game because you, you're talking about another team that's looking to stay in contention here for that wild card spot. And that's a team you're keeping an eye on. Like the teams you're watching, if you're the Eagles, uh, you know, some are pretty obvious. You're, you're clearly, you know, keeping an eye on the Cowboys here, but. It's not just the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys. It's the 49ers. It's the Lions. It's the Seahawks. Seahawks are six and three. Uh, you know, New Orleans may backdoor in because they're in that trash NFC South because they're five and five. But it doesn't matter. They're, they're not a real contender. Uh, the Vikings are also a team you're keeping an eye on. So anyway, Seattle wins yesterday. And, and you know what? I mean, the thing is, I think Washington has a quarterback. Sam Howell played well. They didn't win, but he played well. Um, but Seattle bouncing back is big. They needed that one for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely knew – I knew uh, Washington would push Seattle. Um, but you're right, ultimately Seattle, they, they, they got the win that they needed. Uh, the reality is this, this is going to get really tight 
Um, beyond the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoff race, you have Detroit at seven and two, San Fran at six and three, New Orleans Saints at five and five. They're just there. Um, but you have the Seattle Seahawks at six and, at six and three, who are tied for the division lead with the 49ers, Cowboys at six and three, uh, Vikings at six and four. The, the, this is going to this is you're starting to see some teams separate just a bit, but. I think this is going to be one of the more fascinating fascinating things to watch to see if Detroit can potentially put pressure on the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they're only a game behind. Yeah. Um, San Fran, they're right there as well. Seahawks six and three, Cowboys six and three. I mean, again, the Eagles, although they got that crucial win against against the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they can't afford to slip slip either. So they have to continuously find a way to keep pressure and keep pace with the uh, you know with the way things are going in this conference. Yeah, no doubt. And then, so back to the 49ers who came off the bye. They lost three straight prior to the bye. I mean, they dismantled Jacksonville yesterday. I mean, it was 34 to three, and it didn't yeah. even feel like it was that close. And the big thing for them is they get Debo back, they get Trent Williams back, uh, Purdy bounced back, and McCaffrey looked fresh. So, you know, a lot going on in that game. The other thing is Chase Young really made his presence felt in that game. And I forgot those two. He and Bosa played together for a year at Ohio State. So there's some pretty good chemistry with those two. Um, but, you know, this was a game. Trevor Lawrence had a rough one, man. So he threw two picks um, in the game. He also uh, fumbled once. So he had he had three turnovers. He had a really rough game. And Purdy played well. Big thing for him is no turnovers. He had three touchdowns, no turnovers. McCaffrey w- went over uh, fourteen uh, uh, over th- over twelve hundred yards. I forget what how many or one hundred and twenty yards yesterday. Uh, big game for Kittle. Big game for Ayuk. Debo coming back is just flat out big. Uh, either way you slice it, and they had five sacks. Hargrave had a sack and a half. Bosa had a sack and a half. Uh, Armstead had a half. Chase Young had a half. So. This was a real, I think, in my in my opinion, a lot of ways, kind of a statement game by San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they needed this game he, um, big time. Um, it begs the question, um, are the 49ers truly back, or or did I overvalue uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, I, I thought this was a big opportunity for Jacksonville to really uh, stake, you know, stake their claim that they're a team that you should take serious. But I'm, 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 I'm looking at the way they played, and – they weren't able to generate any level of offense, and that's 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 a bad sign for a team who 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 who's supposed to have you know big hopes in that AFC. Now look, they're still six and three. Um, by no means should they panic, but the reality is they got manhandled in a yep. in a rough way. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be taken seriously as a Super Bowl contender or at least as a conference championship contender. You got to do a better job against these teams, man. You know we say, we know we say it about the Cowboys, right? If you if you, if you want to be taken serious, you got to do a better job against you know these teams who who are really in it to win it. Um, yeah. You know the, uh, Detroit. You know what I mean? They they have a they have a game on their schedule where they dropped it against a really 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 good team against the Ravens. So those teams who are trying to um, who are trying to be taken seriously, those te- those teams who historically have had bad organizations like Jacksonville, uh, like the Lions. Uh, the Cowboys haven't been consistent over the past 20 years. Those teams who are trying to be taken seriously, yeah, you have to do it against teams and, and in the matchups that matter, the ones that are, that can be 
for example, statement matchups. The Houston Texans, they had their biggest matchup of the season, a statement game for them. They took advantage of it, and they took advantage of it in a big way and in dramatic fashion. That's that. That's the sign that a team is trending in the right direction. Not when you're beating up on these terrible teams. So um, I'm still I, I still have faith in, in Jacksonville uh, in the Jacksonville Jaguars that they're a team that you still have to pay attention to in that AFC playoffs once things go underway. But you know you got to do a better job against these teams that are really going to push you to the brink. Yeah, no question about that. So that's uh, watch San Fran. You know, watch San Fran. I was looking at their what who they play too. Um, you know, upcoming. And with their schedule is so you tell me here, Tony. And so they're six and three at this point. Mm-hmm. So here's what they have up coming up this week. They get Tampa. Tampa's that's, going to be without Baker Mayfield with a thumb injury. I think San Francisco. Really? Rolls. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a that's a bloodbath. <laughs> week week after is not an easy one. They're at Seattle. That's the Thursday night game. That's a that's mm-hmm. a that's actually a Thanksgiving game. That's the night game. That's a nice night game, by the way. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's so interesting when you go back to the previous season. Um, they pretty much, they pretty much had Seattle's number. They beat them in the playoffs. Uh, they beat them twice on the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, yep. They beat them twice on the season last year. So they beat them three times. They swept them. Um, yeah. you know, in a, in a bad way last year. So, um, I would imagine that the 49ers are pretty confident in any matchup that they have against the Seattle Seahawks. And I just don't think Geno Smith has been playing at the highest level that he has compared to the previous season. I think even though he did turn things around, even though he did turn things around um, against uh, his, uh, his matchup this this week, I think he's I think he's on thin ice. I think he's hanging on by a thread. I think just as well as he can have a good game, he can have a bad game the following week. So um, I don't think the 49ers, especially if they're going to keep playing this way and they can stay healthy, I don't think they're mildly concerned about Seattle. Um, I think the games that they're really paying attention to is the Philadelphia game and the Baltimore game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can, I just, man, I, I think about this, you know, as a fan, but I also think about it as a host. Like, th- these weeks are going to be crazy. Like, this week leading up, you're, you're playing, think about this. You're playing Andy Reid, the team that you lost to in the Super Bowl. And then after that, you go on a run of, of these teams that are all big time. I mean, every week is going to be wild from here on out. So then it's Buffalo the next week. Then it's San Francisco. Then you're at Dallas. Then you're at Seattle. I mean, every week is going to be crazed. By the way, I was looking this up too. So listen to this stat. Andy Reid after the bye. Okay. Keep in mind, this encompasses regular season games, but also playoff games because a lot lot of times his team had a bye, right? All right. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. All right. So Andy Reid overall – is 27 and four coming off a bye. 18 and 14 against the spread, but 27 and four overall. Like, whoa. <laughs> that, that, that is oh. big, that's big time. Hopefully we can be that fifth team on, on you know <laughs> in that loss column, man. Cause you know, this is a game that's gonna really test, you know, where the Philadelphia Eagles are, right? And the last thing I want is for the emotions to get too high in this game. Yeah. You know, you lost you lost to them in the Super Bowl. Uh, they beat you by three. It's almost like that boogeyman, right? And the last thing you want is to flinch whenever the boogeyman tries to test your gangster. So you want to uh you want to do the best you can to keep your emotions in check. And I trust that they will because they're well they're well coached. Um they're well led at the quarterback position and all and all across the field. You know, they're yeah. well led in several spots, but you're gonna be on the road. And Arrowhead, 
tough environment. Monday Night Football, it's going to be a movie. It's going to be a movie. It's going to be a feature. You know what I mean? Like, like this is this is going to be arguably one of the matchups of the of the year easily. Probably a top five from a ratings perspective on Monday Night Football easily. Oh, I agree. It, it's going to be crazy. It is. Uh, you know, and the other thing is you, you, what you what I'm really curious about is, like we said, Casey was able to really run on the Eagles last year in that Super Bowl, especially up the middle. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to test that, knowing how much better the Eagles are in the middle with Jalen Carter, with Jordan Davis, the way the mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox is playing. The way. I, 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 if I'm Andy, I'm at least trying it. I'm at least trying it up the middle. And then – you know, see what happens from there if they stop it. But I, I, I'll I, be curious if he tries to go a different direction too. But I think he will try the middle there. I do. I wouldn't be surprised if Andy tries to, you know, get the quick game going. Um, yeah. You know, get you know, you know, know, try to slow down that pass rush and get those guys kind of running laterally. Um, because, you know, it's the, – the Chiefs offensively, they're not as explosive as they usually are because of lack of talent at the receiver position. But – Chris Franklin brought up something, the fact that Travis Kelsey and the fact that the Eagles aren't necessarily stout in the middle of the field. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a big Kelsey day. It's going to be, it it should, it should be a big Kelsey day, but the Eagles have are coming off their bye week as well. By my estimation, the Philadelphia Eagles haven't lost at their bye under Nick Sirianni. Correct. I'm not entirely sure. I I don't know. I I can double check that. I don't know. I I can double check that really quickly. Um, but let's just start in 2021. So 2021, uh, they came off the bye week and they beat the watch the commanders 27 to 17. So that was the first year. Yep. Yep. Then you go to 22, which is last year. 2022 coming off a bye week, beat the Steelers 35, 13. And then this year. And then he he came off a bye in the playoffs and won. Came off a bye in the playoffs. So he's three and oh. So he's technically three and no, um, with a bye week. Yep. Uh, so we'll see. We'll yeah, see man. how this thing goes, man. Um, I mean, three and no isn't a large enough sample size. Like, what did you say, twenty-seven and four? Uh, with, uh, Andy yeah, Andy, Andy's been around for a little while. Yeah, he's been around for a long time. Two different sample sizes. I think sizes, Nick was probably different... in high school or, or grade school when Nick went. Uh, exactly. Andy exactly, started. man. So um, can't really compare um those uh the, can't really compare those record books, you know, off those bye weeks. But um, the Eagles thus far. They've shown an ability to keep the main thing the main thing. And I believe that this is going to be a hell of a matchup. I don't have my score prediction now just yet. I'm still working on that mentally and emotionally. <laughs> but, but 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 it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. It's gonna it's it's gonna be storybook, I'll tell you that. Well, it's yeah, and, and the Eagles Vegas thinks it's gonna be a close game. I, I was looking at this today. Um so the the Chiefs are a two and a half point favorite. Which is really about what you give a team as a baseline for home, field home. advantage. Yeah. So it, it, you know, Vegas is telling you they think this thing's tight. Uh, they got a good listen. The Chiefs have a really good defense. They have a really good defense. Two, now. They're number two in points allowed this year. Nobody's even talking about how good they are this year defensively. That's a good point. As a matter of fact, weren't the Cowboys? Where were they in terms of points allowed before the Eagles game? Because they were, they were, they were pretty high. Yeah, they were pretty. I think it's. I'm, I'll, I'll pull it up. Actually, I'll give you the exact order right now. Um, so, all right, all right. In terms of points allowed, you go one Ravens at fifteen point seven, but the Chiefs are Chiefs and Niners are both fifteen point nine, so they're tied for second. 
And where are the Cowboys right now? Cowboys are, are, are right there. Cowboys are only giving – so they're one tied for two, three – they're fourth. They're giving up 18.3 points per game. And prior to that Eagles game, I'm sure that it was – I it think was, they might have been one. Than that. Yeah. So, so listen, man, look. Stat, you know, stats and all – and stats and records, they're meant to be shattered. So – you know, you know, we'll we'll see how this thing pans out, man. Um, big matchup, you know, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, you know, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Uh, did you see? I, I see a track. So I think that uh, Kelsey will be distracted. So <laughs> he was in, I guess, where was he? Like Buenos Aires or somewhere over the weekend uh, w- with uh, T Swizzle doing doing his thing, and she changed the lyrics to one of the songs. To one of her songs, and now she's saying Travis in the song. Here's the thing. If if let's let's say the roles were reversed, let's say Jason Kelsey was a chief and Travis was here. All right, mm-hmm. because this is the way Philadelphia is. Kansas City's a little different. So if if he's doing all this stuff and he's traveling the world and doing, and by the way, he had a bye week. He can do whatever the heck he wants, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those guys. Okay, do whatever you got to do. But if you don't have a good game and you drop a pass, it, it's going to start getting interesting. And you talk about a future Hall of Famer. Like, don't get me wrong, yeah. but man, it could get real interesting if he does not play well with all the all. Not only that, dude, he's on every commercial too. Every commercial, right? I'm I'm personally not real big on the whole uh, T Swift uh, T Kelsey thing. Um, <laughs> I'm I, I don't really care, man. It's it, it's one of those things, like, dude. If to your point, right? If he yeah. was in Philadelphia and all this stuff was going on, I wouldn't like it. Yeah. I just wouldn't like it. But yep. that's his personal life. He's able to do that. You know, he he he's put in the sweat, he's put in the sweat and blood equity to be able to do the things he does. Yeah. So he has every right to live his life how he sees fit. Me, on the other hand, not really my style. So, you know, I I I I'll leave it at that, man. Much love to Travis Kelsey and the uh, and the Swifties. I don't need them coming after me. You know, you do not want that. The, the Swifty army is is fierce. Uh, no, but that that that's the other thing, man. Now I don't know how this is going to work with her touring schedule, whatever, man. But make no mistake, if she's in town, she's from the area, so she's she's going to make sure she's here. No, no, no. This game's believe. in KC, but if it's in, KC, oh, okay. Like, like, oh, that's dude, right. That's right. That's right. Uh, we are going to. You're right. She's from Why I'm Missing, but if if we are going to get bludgeoned with Taylor Swift cutaways and storylines I, I can promise you that promise you that man huh. travis swift <laughs> travis. dan oh, says god. i love travis swift travis that swift that like is that. hilarious oh my god travis mr. swift mr swift yes oh my god that's funny uh all right so we're gonna come back we're gonna hit a bunch all right i'll tell you this story about this better okay it was at the hard rock in south florida i'll tell you that story and it, it concerns the texans Bengals game it's crazy uh, we'll get a little bit more into what's going on with the Vikings. Browns. How about the Browns knocking off the Ravens? We'll get into that. Oh, Lions. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray came back yesterday. Yeah. We'll dive into that, too. There's a lot to do here. I'll update you on a couple injuries, too, uh, when we come back. So don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. They are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, 
South Jersey and Northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. And you can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. Yeah, we are. Hanging out with you on this gorgeous Monday. Uh, Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, and Tony is in for Gunner doing unbelievable. By the way, you're doing a great job, man. Props. Hey, Props. man, listen, I, I appreciate it, man. I learned from the best. In order to be great, you got to associate with the greats, man. So I appreciate you uh, for making it easy and making this uh, making this uh, this road for me. Um, you know, for paving this road for me and making it as smooth as possible, my friend. I appreciate you just as much. Yeah, my pleasure, my pleasure. All right, listen to this story. Okay, so there's a better in Florida, and he decides, you know what? 
I'm going to put $500,000 down on a four-leg parlay. Okay. Now, here's what had to happen in this game. This is the Texans and the Bengals game. Texans ended up winning 30 to 27. So here's the four things that had to happen for this guy to win. All right. Texans had to win the game, which they did. They had There had to be over 44 and a half points scored in the game, which there was. Devin Singletary had to rush for a touchdown. And he had to also rush for more than 51 and a half yards in the game. So you got the win, the over, Singletary touchdown, Singletary over 51 and a half rushing yards. So with all of those things hitting, all four of those hitting in the game for a four-leg parlay in which he bet $500,000, this individual won $5.5 million. $5.5 million at the Hard Rock Sportsbook. Rob's all yes. about the Benjamins, baby. <laughs> that is brass balls. I mean, here's the thing. He put up $500,000, man. Hey, listen, you know what they say, man. Want to be ballers, shot callers, brawlers. Yeah. Who be dipping in the bins but the spoilers. Oh, my God. That's a lot of money putting up on the on the playing field, man. That, that guy is – oh, man. Shout out to my man Diddy, man. That's a lot. Uh-huh. That's a lot of. That's a lot of love he giving out there to Hard Rock. It's a lot of money he brought back to the bank. My God, you wouldn't find me with with a team of detectives. You couldn't find me. All right. Oh my God! After like, I hit that bad boy, you'd find me on some island somewhere, you, nice and warm, with a nice drink in my hand, and bye bye. Yes. If 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 he if he was able to put up 500k yeah think about how much money this guy has think how much money he just has he he just, he just pissed that away you know what i mean well like he could have pissed it away well, right 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 right, right. He, he could have right he he could have but the the fact that he bet 500k just to say uh you know i feel comfortable doing that man if i if i bet 15 dollars on my pro little hit i'm gonna be upset <laughs> <laughs> I listen, man. I'm with you. You, oh you talk God. about there's disposable income and then there's disposable income. You know what I mean? That guy's got 500 grand to bet. That's serious disposable income. You know what I call it? There's, like you said, there's disposable income, but I call it combustible income because yeah. these guys can just throw it, throw money in the, in the trash can, and just set it on fire. That's that's how much they're raking it in, man. Incredible. Incredible. All right. So that happened. And you know, obviously along the way, good win by the Texans uh, over yeah. the Bengals. Disappointing loss for the Bengals. That's for sure uh, for them there. I'll tell you, a couple other games that were uh, surprising. I didn't see this one coming. And the Browns are really good defensively, but I didn't think they would win in Baltimore. So the Browns beat the Ravens 33-31 on a really crazy back and forth kind of game. There, there was a lot of drama in this one. Absolutely. You know, Deshaun Watson needed this game, too. Yeah. He, he he needed this kind of win on the resume because a lot of people have been questioning his his legitimacy at that position. I know I've been one of them. Yep. Um, but he came out in a very tough environment and, you know, he played he played all right. Twenty for thirty four, two hundred thirteen passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, Lamar Jackson kind of came back to earth a little bit Went thirteen for twenty three, two thirty three, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions. He did have eight carries for 41 yards, but you know, overall, man, got to give credit where credit is due to Deshaun Watson for 
you know, for leading that team, you know, in that tough environment. Um, you know, can't say, you know, can't say enough about him. You know, I think what stands out is their ability to run the ball that day. Um, they were averaging almost five yards a carry. Yeah. And, you know, Amari Carp Amari Cooper has been a, has been a steady source of offense for them. Elijah Moore is in a is in a situation where he's thriving. Had five catches on 44 yards, a touchdown. So um the Browns, they have they have some guys that can make some things happen for them. Um, I believe they just needed stability at that quarterback position. And I think Deshaun Watson, so far, they're turning in it in that direction. Six and three right now. I think um he's he's definitely making up for those games he's missed. Um, when people kind of question his toughness and his commitment to the Cleveland Browns. So so far, so good. The AFC North is very much um within arms reach for every single team. Um so we'll see how this thing pans out. Um, really quickly though, if we had to do a, if we had to do an instant prediction, I know I'm not giving you enough time to really sit with this, but instant prediction: who wins that division today? And you're allowed to change your opinion. I was oh. later right now. Who? What feeling do you have about that division? Who's winning it? I'm still gonna go Cincinnati. I know that's crazy coming off yesterday. I know it's crazy, but I'm it's not gonna... though. It's really not crazy because yeah. they're five and four, and everyone else is six and three. Yeah, and so, I you think know what I mean? I... So it's, it's not that crazy. Yeah, it's not crazy, and they've they've had good success in the playoffs. I just I still worry about Pittsburgh's offense. I don't love Pickett. I don't love what's going on there with with, with their offensive coordinator Canada. I props to to Tomlin and defense, but I don't love what's going on offensively for them. Um, Cleveland is is really dangerous. Like I, they're, tone, they're, so my answer is Cincinnati. Who would you say? And then I want to get I'm going to hit something real quick off of that. When I look at the schedule. Well, look at who they have coming up. Uh, I'm probably going to lean towards. I might lean towards Cleveland. Out of all those teams, they have the easiest schedule. Think about this, right? Cleveland, they have Steelers, Broncos, Rams, Jags, Bears, Texans, Jets, Bengals, right? Right. Ravens, they have Bengals, Chargers, Rams, Jags, Niners, Dolphins, Steelers. And then Cincinnati, they have Ravens, Steelers, Jags, Colts, Vikings, Steelers, Chiefs, Browns. So, I think Cleveland has a better has a better chance of winning that division just based off the matchups. Um, can Deshaun Watson keep pace and continue to play, play productive football? Uh, can that defense continue to still hold up and be as dominant as they've been? Um, right now, and again, this isn't we're not liking this end at all. We're just going off of kind of the, the vibes right now. Um, I think I think the Browns can potentially win this division. Uh, I look, I it wouldn't surprise you. I, I I categorize Cleveland as a classic, sort of like lying in the weeds team. Like I wouldn't want any parts of them in a playoff game, right? With that defense, if Deshaun now Deshaun Watson is going to have an MRI on his ankle. By the way, he's he's hurting. Um, but if he can stay healthy, I didn't know that. Yeah. And start to get his act together, you know, like consistently, like I'm not talking about off the field stuff. I'm talking about just as, a, as from a playing standpoint, cause he did play well yesterday. If that happens, look out, look out, man. And so Watson was in a walking boot after yesterday's win, but he told reporters the ankle was fine, but he's still getting an MRI. So I don't know how fine it is. So we'll see. Um, but you know they're they're just like maybe they're trying to just be cautious, I guess. But he he ended up he went fourteen for fourteen for a buck thirty four and a touchdown in the comeback. They were down fifteen points in that game, so he played like Houston, you know Watson for a minute there you know, for sure. I would say they're extremely dangerous. If I if I was looking at like danger teams, 
Like for me, it's Cleveland. Pittsburgh's got a little bit of that, a, a, a little bit of it in them. Um, but you, but you brought up a good point about Pittsburgh. The fact of the matter is, they're not stable enough on offense, and it's hard for me to it's hard for me to commit to saying they they can win the division. They're a great story right now, but I don't know how sustainable their success is with how bad their offense is and both the lack of consistency on that side. Right. Yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, it's a look. They have so many playmakers defensively. You know, Watt, uh, Highsmith, uh, among others. But I just, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know that they can consistently get it done offensively. Yep, but Joey he, Porter, uh, Junior. Um, he's been really good. He's so. been he's been really good. I mean, he doesn't have the most interceptions, but he's been a real good, a real good player for them. Mm-hmm. Um, playing confident. Um, he's been a lot. I, I personally believe he's been better than a lot of people slated him to be at this point in his career. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what they can do. In the, in the long run, but again, man, now that you bring up that that ankle with the Watson, that's that's something to watch. Something that's to something keep to your watch. eye on it. Yeah. Uh, good news for the Dolphins; they're coming off their bye, and they get uh, uh, Devon Akane coming back. He's been activated off that twenty-one day window. Uh, you remember how explosive he he had four hundred and sixty yards and seven touchdowns in four games. And guess now, what? Sudden, you're dropping him back into that mix with them—that's big time. And he could still get a thousand yards on the season if if he just continues to do what he missed. That's the thing, right? He missed all those games, and he could still eclipse a thousand yards on the season. You know what I mean? With you know, with what like nine games, seven like seven or eight games left for them. So, man, going to, the Dolphins. I still don't buy them as legit Super Bowl contenders, but when they're humming, they're they're tough to deal with. So. I, as though we may have questions about their legitimacy, once you get into the playoffs, it's all about matchups. Yeah. It's all about so it's all about you know being being an opportunistic offense and defense. I don't think as much as people question their legitimacy, I don't think if, I don't think anyone wants to just see them in the playoffs and feel completely comfortable. Oh yeah, I, I would agree. They would fit that category. Yeah, just because there's so many. I mean, when you have to deal with Tyreek Hill and Waddle and A Kane and Mostert. Mm-hmm. And just the, the mind of McDaniels or McDaniel, it's not, yeah, I agree with you. It's not, they're not an easy out by any stretch. Um, so a couple other injuries uh, to note, Trey Hendrickson uh, from the Bengals hyperextended his elbow uh, on Sunday. So they're, they're, they're uh, I'm sorry, knee. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're looking in that he's going to get an MRI as well see the extent of the injury, that would be a big loss for them. He's a very good defensive player for them. Right. So that's one to keep your eye on there. Um, it, good news, not that it really matters, but uh, J.C. Horn coming back for the Panthers. They're not going anywhere, but you need to get that guy out on the field because he's been just so banged up in the early part of his career. I think he's going to be really good if he could stay healthy. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 really, I really couldn't agree more. So, sorry about that. We had got a little message from our guy D Gun here. He's hilarious. He's 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 talking about hey, what, what happened to Kelly Uber? I've been I've been out of touch. What's going on? <laughs> like I, I had to let him know real quick. We're a little busy right now. <laughs> just, just, just just a little busy right now. I don't know. Like, just you know, just just running a, 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 one of the best shows on YouTube right now. Sorry well, about I'm that. Glad, I'm, look, I'm happy that he's maybe he can he can you know escape everything that's going on for a minute. And, you know, dive into the world of sports a little bit. But that's cool. Definitely, definitely. Um, but you're, you're you're needed elsewhere, D Gun. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's look at this one. This was a this is another wild game. Back and forth. Lions beat the Chargers 41-38. That was a good game. Some of the numbers. Man, did you see some of the numbers in this game? I, you know, Jared, should we be talking about Jared Goff a little bit more than we do? 
I don't like Jared Goff. I, you know, I don't get why you know people are so afraid to really say he's a good he's a good quarterback. He he's he's taking his career to another. I think if I if I had to if I had to flip a coin right, or if I had to bet on Detroit Jared Goff versus Los Angeles Jared Goff, I'm Not betting on close. I'm betting on Detroit Jared Goff every day of the week. He's yeah. just he's just a he's just a significantly better quarterback, man. Twenty three for thirty three, three hundred thirty three yards, two passing touchdowns. Um, just balled out, man. And then the running backs, man, oh, three touchdowns. Did you three see the run by Montgomery? Oh my God. Just just power. Just just he's just, a monster, man. And it was I think this was his first game back after after being injured, right? That combo of he and Gibbs. I love I it. I love that I combo. love it. Thunder and lightning, baby. Oof. Yeah. So anyway, golf for the season. All right. 2,500 yards. 68.4 completion percentage, 14 touchdowns, five picks, 99 passer rating. You know, he's he, and they have weapons. Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Florida, the rookie tight end. Josh Reynolds is good. You know, Jamison Williams hasn't even scratched the surface yet. De, you know, the, Detroit is boy, oh boy, man. They're they're trouble. They're worrisome. Yeah. Uh I, I'm just thinking about like you said, all the weapons you brought up. They're this good this year. Next year, man, they're going to be a team. They're going to be a team you have to really pay attention to, man. Jared Goff was averaging 10 yards in the attempt. Damn. That's insane. Yeah. That's basically saying every time he threw the ball, it was for first down. Yeah. I mean, and Justin Herbert had an amazing game as well. 27 for 40, 323, four, uh, four passing touchdowns. Um, That customary interception, but – it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to lay that one. Their, their defense couldn't do anything, couldn't get stops. You know. Yeah, yeah. This one, I won't kill her. No, yeah. He he played well enough to win the game. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know. Let's not let's not pretend. He he definitely played well enough to win the game. But you know, again, these are the moments where you're supposed to elevate. You know, yeah. like you're you you're the franchise guy. They're paying you north of fifty million dollars. You know, these these are the moments where you have to be the guy. You have to be the guy, especially. You know, it, it kind of sucks though because, you know, you did lead them on a touchdown drive, yeah, and your defense can't can't stop them at any yep. point, and then they pretty much kill the clock on you and they kick the game with a field goal. It's it's they were going back and forth in that fourth quarter, and that, and that yeah. uh, they that were was a good old fashioned shootout there. That one man. quite quite literally. So look, man, he he put them in position to tie the game. Got to give credit where credit's due there, but you know. Their defense, man, is just leaking oil. All right, let, let's jump over to this one. Uh, Vikings-Saints, and we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to give you Dobbs from the game. 23 of 34, 268 yards, uh, a throwing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, uh, 101.1 passer rating. And, and again, he's been there for about 11 days altogether. And he really had to lead them back into some, you know, in some massive plays. He the the touchdown that he had, um, the scramble was a great run, which gets them in the end zone. And for for the Saints, Derek Carr gets hurt in the game, hurts mm-hmm. his shoulder. Jameis Winston comes in, shoulder uh, and concussion. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He so he threw and he has a concussion too. You're right. Uh, Jameis threw two touchdowns, but also had two picks, which is always you know an issue with Jameis. I just someone's going to win that South, and none of them deserve to be in the playoffs. And that's yeah, it's just that simple, man. The Saints are a huge uh, disappointment, man. But you bring up Josh Dobbs, twenty-three for thirty-four. I love, I love what he's providing, man. He's a, he, you know he's he just he has this aura, this magic about him right now, 
where he uh, he just he just he just keeps teams in games. He keeps you competitive. Um, guys like playing for him, and you know to you know to provide over three hundred yards of offense, two touchdowns, no turnovers. He's he can he can very well. And again, we spoke about this, right? Is there a chance that Minnesota drafts a quarterback? I don't know. Um, if they're not in love with any any of the quarterbacks in this draft, or if they feel like they can't get the guy they want, do they extend Dobbs and allow him to be a bridge for maybe an, a, another year or two to see if they can potentially get the quarterback they want? You never know, man. But yeah. again, when you're always drifting in the middle of the pack in terms of the draft, uh, they're drafting um, one. I think. I think they will. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to just you know really depend on you know trying to find a quarterback at that point. So you gotta you gotta you at some point they're gonna have to take a flyer. And I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they if, if they draft somebody this year and then allow them to play behind Josh Dobbs and then allow him to be the bridge so they don't have so they don't have to feel rushed to throw that guy out there. Josh mm-hmm. Dobbs is definitely a, a quarterback that can that can buy them some time. Oh, for sure, for sure. All right, let me let's hit a couple other games here. Uh, pop in and out. Uh, the Steelers, as we mentioned, they win. They go to six and three. The Packers. It's been a miserable season for them. They're three and six. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh wins the game despite not getting a ton from from Kenny Pickett, 14 of 23, a buck 26. They did run the ball well. Uh, they had 205 rushing yards, which I think is going to have to be their M.O. here and just let their defense eat, you know, run the ball, keep the other team off the field. And and then once the defense is out there, let them do their thing. Uh, you know, not surprisingly, T.J. Watt had a big game, eight tackles, a sack, tackle for a loss, two quarterback hits. He's everywhere. They did just enough to win. I mean. I, I'm not all that. It's it's the Packers who stink, but still, Pittsburgh's got to keep winning in that division, and they got some breaks with some things that happened around them too, which helped them. So um, they're they're just somehow, some way, able to pull it off. And you're right; a lot of that credit has to go to Tomlin for being able to like scrimp this and scrap it together somehow, some way. I don't even yeah. know how they're doing it at this point. Yeah, the, but they're throwing the ball. They're running the ball significantly more than passing it. That tells you everything you need to know. Um, they don't trust Kenny Pickett right now. They're doing everything they can to protect them as much as they can. Um, Najee Harris, eighty-two yards. Jalen Warren, one-on-one. You know, I, I I'll be honest, man. I've been I've been fairly disappointed with Najee Harris's career. I um, thought this year he was going to explode. I thought he I, I thought he would be a a, bit, uh, a much more explosive running back in the NFL. Um, I understand the Steelers haven't had stability at the offensive line in quite some time but you know i i guess i just expected more from him granted yeah. he had a good game yesterday you don't get it twisted 16 carries average five yards a carry mm-hmm. or 82 yards and a touchdown he longest run of the day was 24 yarder he, he did his thing you don't get it twisted but you know i i i i just i just i, guess, I don't know maybe maybe this is just who he is yeah i'm starting to lean that way i'm starting to feel like maybe it is just him yeah, I, I would agree with you uh, on that one um, for sure. And it is, it is, it's a bummer because I thought he was, I really like him. I almost feel like, I don't know, some of that, their offensive line, it, it's a good question, you know, but w- what's happening there um, with them. All right. So a couple other scores. I don't know how much did you watch any of the like, the game last night between the Jets and the Raiders? I, I watched a good amount of it. Um, um, I, could, I, I actually couldn't catch all of it. Um, I pieced it together. So bad, bad quarterback play on both levels. Yeah. Um, you know, Wilson, I actually, I should, in fairness, Wilson was a little bit better than he normally is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and he, he ended up throwing for 263. He rushed for 54, but he didn't have a touchdown and he threw an interception. Uh, 
uh, ends up with a 68 passer rating. O'Connell, the rookie, 16 of 27, a buck 53. Big game for Josh Jacobs, 27 carries, 116 yards um, for them. And mm-hmm. they made just made a couple big plays. You know, Michael Mayer made it made a, a really good catch, which ended up being the game winner. And then the Jets had a Hail Mary, which came up a little bit short. So the Jets now four and five, Raiders five and five, and they won the two games since Antonio Pierce took this thing over. So awesome. they, they have life now. The Raiders have a little bit of juice now. Yeah, you know what's so funny about the Raiders is they're not they're not hiding their hand by any stretch of their imagination. They're making it very clear, Aiden O'Connell. Throw the ball to Devontae Adams. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's throw the ball to Devontae. I don't care if he's double or triple coverage. Throw it to him. Um, yeah. He had 13 targets. The next closest, the next closest guy had five targets. And feed Michael, him Michael, and Michael run Mayer. the ball with Jacobs. Right. Feed, feed Adams. Feed Jacobs. Don't turn the ball over, Aiden. Yeah, and, you know, and don't, we'll, don't we'll make this complicated. There. Don't make it complicated, man. And I think that's what McDaniel was doing before. Just overcomplicating this thing. And you're right. The fact that the Raiders are 5-5 five and five right now um, – it's it's a lot to be said about that, given the fact they've had instability at the coaching position um, over the past uh, couple of years. Um, obviously, we know uh, how things ended up recruiting. And then you had and then you had the other guy, the special the special teams coach, that took over, and then you fired him, which I never understood. Then you bring in McDaniel. Then you have Antonio Pierce. They've had a, they've had a total of four different head coaches over the past what three years. What so, so 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 that's dangerous. So. Um, this schedule that they have going forward, I, I have a hard time believing they win another game for a while because <laughs> um, they got the Dolphins, Chiefs, Vikings, Chargers, Chiefs, Colts, Broncos. Yeah. Oh, man. Sucks yeah. to be in that division. Yep. Enjoy last night, fellas. Yep. Enjoy, enjoy last, last night. night. I don't I don't think you guys are going to be burning any more cigars going forward. <laughs> all right. Last one. Uh, the Jets. So, again, I know we're all kind of exhausted by this, but if it happens, it'll be interesting. So Aaron Rodgers told Melissa Stark of NBC last night that he's targeting a mid-season, mid-December, mid-December return from the Achilles. That would be three months since he tore it. Are you buying this? No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. Because, for one, I don't think the Jets are going to make it into the playoffs. Right. I just I, I, for that I, I I don't. Um, do you really want to risk? Do you really want to risk Aaron Rodgers to try to squeeze into a playoff game that you probably won't be prepared for? In all reality, like I don't, and I I'm not he's pushing it. for it. I don't care. It's not happening. Right. Like, I'm not throwing a guy on a football field after three months after Achilles tendon surgery. Sorry. I'm right. not. And here's another thing. Just because you see him throwing the ball, you know, in pregame warmups, just because you see that doesn't mean he's anywhere near ready. Yeah. We're not factoring in dropping back, you know, planting and cutting, you know, when guys are trying to take your head off. We're not factoring in, you know, all the different uh, variables of change of direction that he's going to have that's going to be required of him in that position. It's and then planting and driving the ball down the field on a consistent basis and guys falling on his legs, if, if it so happens, he's not playing this year. And I I kind of I kind of hate the fact that he's really playing this up and giving this or giving his fan base this kind of hope when he know damn well he ain't playing. Yeah, know? it's a weird it, you know what it is? It it it's it, it reeks of like ego in that 
you you can't just stay in the you know in the shadows. Support your teammates. You got to always make it about you. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? exactly, you gotta exactly. You gotta string this thing along where it's like, yeah, I'm. St- hey, you forget about me. Don't forget about me. I might come back. And it's like, come on, dude. Yeah, oh. and he had, he, and you know, he he's convincing a lot of people that you know I'm just here to support. I'm just here to support my guys and all that kind of stuff. And sure, right? That's that's perfectly fine. But then when you start going on these tangents about yeah, you know, I'm coming back in December or oh yeah, I plan on coming back for a playoff run. Now, now, now you're treading in some, you know, in some dangerous water, in my opinion, bro. Just come to the nothing wrong with showing up, supporting your guys from the sideline. Nothing wrong with that at all. Guys did it all the time when they hurt. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you keep trying to push this narrative that you're coming back off of that torn Achilles, just stop it, man. Stop. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, I want to throw this out there too. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. has been named a finalist for the Chuck Bednarik Award for the linebacker of the year. He's awesome. had a great year at Clemson. And I know linebackers are kind of disrespected a little bit, not, not like running backs. It's not that bad, but they are a little bit. This dude is 100% a first round pick. He has been a monster all year. It's pretty cool to see, man. And and I'll tell you the other one. If there's ever a year for, I think a receiver to sneak in there and win the Heisman. Marvin Harrison. It's Marvin Marvin Jr. It is Marvin Jr. All day, all day. Yeah, man, Marvin Harrison Jr., that dude is a freak of nature. His dad was so fun to watch. Yep. Um, his dad actually went to my elementary school. Um, oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, 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 for a brief time. Um, but, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's just – when you think about the talent that's been coming out of these schools at the wide receiver position, you know, I, you know, I always say – I always say nowadays, you know, back in the day, kids wanted to be running backs, right? Yeah. Now yeah. kids want to be wide receivers. And all the talented kids who probably would have been running backs now are now being wide receivers. That's why you're seeing some of these big body, these physically imposing receivers like a DK Metcalf or AJ Brown, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, These guys that probably would have been running backs any other era, but they're receivers. And even Tyreek Hill, right? A guy with with his type of explosiveness, with the way the way he's built, Mm -hmm. he probably would he probably would have been a running back at any other era, just because of just because of the way the position was used at, you know, at, at the time. Yep. Now all these kids want to be wide receivers, you know, all the money's getting paid to the wide receivers, man. Yep. And all the talented guys are wide receivers. So, you know, all these kids understand that, look, I'm not going to be a running back anymore. If they ain't making no money. I so, so, you know, I don't blame them, man. So shout out to Marvin Harrison Jr. And senior, man. Like it's yeah. the apple definitely hasn't fallen too far from the tree. As a matter yeah. of fact, the, the apple was still on the tree. <laughs> most still definitely. It's still, it's still on the tree. The tree grab it. Cause it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, another tree has grown from that damn tree. You ever, you ever seen a double tree? You ever seen the tree grafted to another tree? It's yeah. never. You never have. But but that's what that is, man. He's that good. That's funny. All right, let's get a timeout. I'm going to give you some crazy things on college, speaking of college football that, that are going on here with coaches and firings and payouts and, and all this other insanity. We'll swing it back to the Eagles as well. Ooh, we got a lot to more do. More money, more problems. I'm telling you. we got a lot to do here in the last segment of the program, so don't go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. We'll be right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, last segment of the show. Thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. That's Tone. I'm Rob. All right, so listen to this, Tone. This is even better than the parlay guy or or gal, whoever hit that. So Jimbo Fisher, the now former head coach of Texas A&M. So during his tenure uh, as the head man for the Aggies, he made $45 Okay. Got fired this past weekend after the game. He has a $76 million buyout. And there's no offset language, meaning he will get $76 million whether he coaches somewhere else, whether he works as a broadcaster somewhere else, whether he sells, you know, uh, has, a, has a lemonade stand. Whatever he does, he's guaranteed to get $76 million just to walk away because of the deal that he signed. $76 million. I mean, so, you know, let, let's think about this for a minute. 
you know, the way that this played out with the money that he's owed. So the way that, that it works is um, they're going to try and chunk it up a little bit, you know, and basically pay him, you know, per year, you know, I think they'll pay him 7 million a year until like 2031. That's what it's going to be. He's going to get 7.2 annually through 2031. Unbelievable, man. This they, is what's going on in college football. They haven't been remotely good or, well, they haven't been remotely good by college standards since 2020. Yeah. Um, when they went, uh, what is that? They went nine and one behind. Uh, yeah, they went nine and one. But, man. Gosh, that's a lot of money just to give somebody just to walk out the damn door, man. Yep. Typically, people when they walk out their front door, they gotta go earn it. Uh-huh. This man walked out the door and it was already in the bank. Yes. <laughs> Jeez Louise, man. His listen. agent is in the agent hall of fame. If he's not, hey, listen, he, better be, he better get in there. Someone better say, be what you, there. Yeah. say what you want about his production at Texas AM. Say what you want about it. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna debate that. You know, people who know better than I do. Debate it. Do what you got to do. Criticize the man. Whatever. But from a financial standpoint, from a legacy standpoint, man, dude, I wish somebody would pay me seventy million to walk out the damn door. I'll walk out three times. What, what, you, what you need me to do? <laughs> you need me to cut the grass too. What else? Back. You want me to roll out? Whatever you need. I, I, I got you. Hey, listen. Shoot me out. Shoot me out in a damn cannon or a slingshot. I don't care what happens. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so this one, this is like, again, this is typical of what goes on in college football. Like, I, I know they weren't having a good year, but Zach Arnett, Mike Leach passed away suddenly in the offseason last year. It was very sad. So Zach Arnett is, is thrown in there as the, as the coach. He takes over. He's already been canned. Like, they didn't even give this guy a full season or the ability to recruit his guys. He's a goner at Mississippi State. So that, another that makes me question: Did they want him in the in the first place? I mean, well, right. well, what is what is that even? He 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 didn't recruit none of those guys. He didn't get a chance to recruit his guys. I don't know, man. It's kind of kind of seeing like they didn't really want him in there in the first place. It does give that feel off, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's it's bizarre to me. Like you you would whack the guy already that quickly, man. I I just I I don't know, man. I don't understand it. Um, the other one is this is just classic. Not me, you know, finger pointing kind of kind of nonsense. So Penn State fires their offensive coordinator, Mike Yursich, um, after they lost to Michigan. You know, and, and granted, the offense didn't look good. But meanwhile, you know, James Franklin is, I believe, three and seventeen uh against ranked teams in, in his tenure at Penn State. He's been awful, particularly against Michigan and Ohio State. And yet we're going to just blame the offensive coordinator and, and pretend like Franklin does, isn't, isn't the, the head coach getting this team prepared for these games. It's, it's just laughable what goes on here. Yeah. I mean, you said, you said it best, right? You're as a head coach, you have a, what you said three and 17, three yep. and 17 record against ranked teams. Yep. Uh, sounds like you're the problem, buddy. Sounds like the problem goes beyond just uh, your office coordinator. You clear, you guys clearly aren't capable of beating teams that you're, being compared to on a daily basis you know what i mean so mm-hmm. look man in, in every business there's always someone who's the scapegoat uh there's always a lot of politics involved i'm pretty sure penn state's problems go well beyond just an officer coordinator 
Yeah. And then, so Michigan, uh, they so the NCAA or the Big Ten suspends Jim Harbaugh. Literally, the suspension comes down while they're in the air flying from Ann Arbor to Happy Valley. So they land, they get word he can't coach them. They try to get an injunction. It didn't go. So anyway, it didn't matter. They still beat Penn State. Uh, but Harbaugh is is going to have a hearing on Friday uh, where a judge will hear arguments as to whether they can grant a restraining order that would that would nullify the Big Ten's three-game suspension of the coach. And Harbaugh says he he will speak at the process. So that that's that's where things are with this. It it feels like like he won't coach the rest of the regular season, but I feel like for some reason he's going to be the coach once we're into the postseason. It just feels that way to me. It seems like that guy can't escape controversy, man. He can't yep. he 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 can't just coach, win, lay low. It is what it is. Like it's, it's just it's just always something attached to that man's name. So, look, I, I I look I look at it like this, man. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but no, man. Oh, uh, college football is so strange. Just how they conduct business. It seems like it seems like there's no true method to the madness. There's always this case by case basis, depending on who's connected to who, uh, who's generating this amount of money for this network. All this kind of stuff. It, 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 it's just the wild, wild west over there in uh, NCAA and in, in all those conferences, Big Ten, SEC, so on and so forth. It's, just the, it's the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. 100% it is. Uh, no question. All right. So uh, elsewhere uh, uh, from Sills, uh, I think Harbaugh and Michigan coaches put the middle, middle finger at the Big Ten. Michigan didn't throw a pass in the second half. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, look, to me, they were they're fortunate – that they were playing Penn State, who who couldn't come up smaller in big spots under James Franklin, right? <laughs> but that said, Michigan is really good and really talented. And yeah, Blake Corum essentially just just pounded them, and they 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 just beat them into submission. And they're they're a dangerous team, man. Don't discount Michigan with all the stuff that's going on. I think all this stuff is doing is sort of galvanizing them even more. I really do. Well, Hey, did you see the internet trolling that uh, that coach that was crying at the Michigan yeah. game? Oh my god! Why they why 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 they do him dirty? Well, like my that, thing man? is like, let's not act like some hardship befell you. You guys did this to yourself, <laughs> you know, with this scandal. I mean, come on! Everything is now turned into like they're all against us. Like, dude, you did it. You guys right. did it. Man, listen. There, there are some people who are just comfortable being the most hated, and I think, and, and I think that's where Michigan is right now. That they, they yeah. thrive in that environment. Yeah, they, Maybe they're, they're going to be the wrestling heel. They're going to be the bad guy. Yes, I mean, they the they are the heel of the Big Ten. Yeah, for sure. yeah. No, I, I think you're. Uh, I think you're absolutely right on that. All right, um, man. It's been a rough go for Dion lately, Tone. So yeah, they've lost four in a row and six of seven. After that three and zero start, and now, and as this stuff always does, here's the latest speculation: that Dion goes to Texas A and M, he gets into the SEC, and he and he rolls away from Colorado. Now, this is just what people are throwing out there, throwing against the wall, hoping will stick, but that's what's being thrown out there now. Don't do it, Dion. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet, not yet. You know, yeah, you got to stay there for a couple of years. Man. Yeah, you you got you can't you can't just jump shit and think it's not going to be a good look for him. 
Right. Um, and, you know, in, in the long run. Um, and I think he understands that. Um, I, the thing is, I trust Deion Sanders to make the most logical decision. Um, he did a great job at Jackson State re- rebuilding their program, putting a lot of people in place uh, so they can sustain success. And I'm giving, I'm putting a lot of, putting a lot of people in, in positions of power um, so they can begin to elevate their coaching resume. Um, I love what he did over there. Um, he's bringing, he, he brought his talents to Colorado State. And although, Although they're struggling right now, let's 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 really put it in perspective here. This 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 is how I look at it. Last year, who were they? What were they? Where were they? Like, like it's they were nobodies. No one cared. No one watched them. They won one game. They were giving out they were giving out scholarships like library cards. You know you know what I mean. So how how we I understand they're struggling right now. Deion Sanders brought that program back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, he's generated a lot of uh, money into that program, into and, you know, into the city of Boulder, Colorado. Uh, he's made them relevant again, even even though they're losing, people still can't help but to watch. Even even if you're watching to see them fail or watching to see them win, so um, and also they've already won more games than they did the year previous. Correct. So honest, obviously their goals are much larger than that, but the reality is perspective is everything. And I think they're ultimately going to be better next year um, with another year of recruiting under their belt. Oh, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Let him get his people in there, you know, his, his kids in there, more than just the transfer portal. Yeah. And I that's, think that's I, I, I think people well, – let's call it what it is. A lot of people don't like Dion's uh, gusto. You know yeah. what I mean? They, you know, they, they, they don't like the personality. And if you really pay attention to Dion, he's, he, he's actually – who he's always been when yeah. he played, when he played in, in the, in, in the uh, NFL, when he played in the MLB, when he was in college. The, everything we're seeing from Deion Sanders is nothing new under the sun. He's a confident individual, a God-fearing man, a guy a guy who leads by example, um, a guy who's going to do whatever he can to put his team in position to succeed. Um, so he's going to always hold himself accountable first. Uh, look, the, the, the reality is, man, it's, it's a lot of people that's just waiting to see Deion fail. And, of course, those people are always going to exist. Deion, I'm, st- I'm, st- I'm still rocking, man. I'm still rocking. I hear it. Uh, all right, a couple other things. Flyers win two straight to close out the road trip. It looked like this thing was really going off the rails when they lost to an 0-10-1 San Jose team. But they won the last two games. Uh, so good for them to kind of rally and get their act together. Sad mm-hmm. one, Roman Cechmonic, who was their goalie you know, in the 2000s, early 2000s, uh, passed away at the age of 52. There's no cause of death yet. Wow. Um, you know, just way too young, man. Sad. It's very sad. Uh, yeah. All right, back to uh, back to the Eagles here as we gear up here for Kansas City. Now, uh, there is a game tonight, by the way. The game tonight is the uh, Bills and the Broncos. So uh, not a game that really impacts the Eagles all that much, although if you're Buffalo and you want to you stay in this thing, you need to get a win uh, tonight. You don't want to go to – they'd be 5-5 five and five at that point if they lose tonight. So I, I think I do think we're going to find out Buffalo's character here because the Broncos are better than what much better than the way they started the season. I yeah, think the Bills and, win, but I can't tell you that I, I have a lot of confidence in them at all. And hey, listen, man, I got the, I got the Broncos in the upset, man. Even though even though this is a huge game, a huge game for Buffalo, and they know they need it, so they're going to come out firing on all cylinders. They're going to, they're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at the Denver Broncos because they know it's a must-win game. They can't afford to fall off and fall. They cannot afford to, especially with the Houston Texans firing the way they're firing. The Texans beat the Bengals, right? The Bengals still are going to be a team that you have to pay attention to. 
Who would have thought the Bengals and the Bills would be outside of the playoff race right now? Who would have yeah. thought that? Not me. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's so funny. Um, in the AFC, you know, we were talking about the Holy Trinity, right? Mahomes, Allen, and uh, Burrow. Those were the guys, right? So now Mahomes is the is, is the lonely guy hanging up there. And, um, you know, you know Burrow and his Bengals and uh, Allen and his Bills, you know, they, 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 they've fallen by the wayside, um, losing games that they should have won, so on and so forth. So this is a big game for the Buffalo Bills. But I still have the Denver Broncos in the upset. I don't know what it is. I think the Broncos are going to find a way to win this game. If I, if I had to give a quick score prediction off the top of my head, i say Broncos win 24-23. Damn. All right. I got the Bills by 10. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll figure it out tomorrow. But uh, all right, Eagles. Let's look at guys who had a bit of a rough first half who you think – tell me if you think they'll bounce back or not. All right? I want to start with James Bradbury. Do you look at him and do you see a bounce back? Do you see a slight improvement or do you think this is kind of what it is with him? He has no choice but to bounce back. He's surrounded by too many talented individuals. Um, on that side of the ball, um, the, that coaching staff with Desai and um, uh, the new DB coach, I forget, I forget my guy's name. Yeah. Um, but uh, regardless, he's surrounded by too many talented guys. The Eagles, uh, the, the the stakes are too high for the Philadelphia Eagles for him to remain the way he's been playing. Um, I've been very disappointed with how he's been playing. Don't get it twisted, but he has no choice but to bounce back and. Again, with this big stretch coming up, he knows he has to be on his A game. I think him him above all else needed this bye week to kind of get his bearings, um, to really reevaluate what's been going on with his game. You know, you know, you know, get some extra time looking at that film. Step away, step also time to step away from the game and just to yeah. breathe a little bit. The, regardless, the team is still eight and one. So through your struggles, this team has been able to still maintain an eight and one record. Right. You have time. You have you have that 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 leeway to get things on track, but you're going to get Patrick Mahomes this upcoming Sunday. Yeah, it's we'll find to, out quick. It's <laughs> time to get. It's playing. time to get on the horse. It's time yep. to get on the horse. Uh, Philly 07 thinks he will bounce back. Random Anton thinks slightly better. Uh, Jim G, I say uh, he he bounces back. We'll have two weeks to rest up. I think he bounces back. I don't think he he all of a sudden fell off that hard from what he was last year. It's been rough. It's been it's been rough, Rob. It, it, it's been very been, rough. Perhaps the most disappointing eagle. I mean, if you think about it, that's a good. Oh, that's a good question. Maybe we, we do have that. What? We, we, we have yeah. what? We, should we save that for tomorrow? Let's do that tomorrow. But think. Of, I want you and I want our our audience to think about that. What what got? Because there's been a lot of positives. Let's be real. Right. But if there's who are the guys or, or the aspects of the team that have disappointed you most. We'll do that right. tomorrow. Okay? Yeah, and also disappointment doesn't always have to be so catastrophic, right? It could just be yeah. somebody you thought would be playing a little better than what they are, right? Um, you know, again, it doesn't have to be the most drastic fall off. It could just, it, it could be as simple as, uh, I expected him to be a little bit more productive. Oh, yeah. I expected less turnovers from that guy. I didn't expect this. I didn't expect that. So who's 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 been the bigger disappointment yeah, uh, and, for and, you guys? And, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. All right, I'll ask you about somebody else, and I'm certainly not putting him in the disappointing category, so let me be clear. Right. Do you think that with Goddard out for the next – how whatever it is, whatever it turns out to be, four to six weeks, whatever, do you think that we are going to see um, catches and numbers go up from Devontae Smith? Yes. Or do you think that will kind of stay where it is? Okay. No, they're going up. They're going up. Um, to put it in perspective, right, when Dallas Goddard got hurt last year, the team was 8-1. Right. Yep. 
Yep. And another thing to keep in mind is during that time uh, when when Dallas Goddard got hurt, Devontae Smith, his target count jumped up tremendously. As a matter of fact, they became significantly more consistent and they stabilized. Um, Dallas Goddard got hurt, remind you, he got hurt uh, on Monday night, November 14th, right? Eagles lost 32 to 21. Actually, so, it was even later. It was even later last year than, than this. this exactly. Year. Yep, yep, it was later. Um, yet they were still 8-1. and one. Um, So here, here are the targets for Devontae Smith prior to the Goddard injury last year. Um, four. Four targets. Seven targets. Twelve targets. Four targets. Eleven targets. Five targets. Eight targets. Two targets. Eight targets. So that's the Washington game and back. Right. So if you mm-hmm. if you see if you, or if you if you hear those targets are very sporadic. Yeah. A little bit, a lot of bit, a little bit, a lot of bit, a little bit, a lot of bit. Right. Prior to the in- after the injury. And that's the Colts game and going forward. <clears throat> nine targets, nine targets, eight targets, eight targets, eight targets, 12 targets, 13 targets, eight targets. You see how they stabilize and they even increased. Yep. So I think that's what's going to happen. Um, also, after also after the Goddard injury, he he had three, he had four, mm-hmm. and I repeat, he had four games of over hundred yards receiving. So, I think, I think um, from a numbers perspective, he's actually been doing the exact same things last year. Maybe not as many targets or touches, but from a yardage standpoint, they've been pretty much on par. Um, so I expect him to really take things to another level. Um, um, you know, while Goddard is out, this is, this is a big this is a big wave for him. Um, I also expect expect uh, Julio Jones to get uh, to get utilized in that offense more in Olamide Zacchaeus. Uh, so you know, you know, we'll we'll see how this thing pans out. But definitely, definitely big big second half of the season for Demont uh, for Devontae Smith loading. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, look, he's he's just wait. Not that he, look, he's having a a good first half. He just yeah. The problem is in comparison. We're spoiled. We're, we're spoiled. Yeah. The problem is you can you can't compare anything to what AJ Brown's doing. It, right. You know, I, hey, I, I, did you see too? AJ Brown is only. I meant to mention this to you earlier. I was looking again. I'm looking. I was looking at stats. A lot of stats this morning. Um, but AJ Brown is only 71 yards shy of Tyree Kill now. Like, do you remember what the distance was early in the year? It was like it was like 200 yards, something like oh, that. 200 yards. He's way out in front, man. Way out in front. 71 he's, now. Uh huh. He's on. Off the bye. It's getting close. He's he's on him now. He's on him, and you know, again, who who knows how this thing may pan out? All, all it takes is for, you know, a guy like uh, Tyreek Hill to have an average game, a 60, 70 yard game, and all of a sudden, AJ Brown has like a 150 yard game, and that distance just so he's already he's already on him. Um, I think Tyreek Hill. How many how many touchdowns does Tyreek Hill have? Um, Tyreek has Ty, Tyreek has. Uh, let's see. Tyreek has eight, eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns. AJ Brown has six. He's on his heels in every category. He's um as far as tar- as far as targets, they're about the same. Ninety-seven for Tyreek, uh, ninety-two for AJ. Um, Tyreek has sixty-nine catches. AJ Brown has sixty-seven catches. Both guys have over a thousand yards. The first two receivers over a thousand yards thus far. Um, uh, both averaging uh, around fifteen yards uh, for fifteen yards uh, a catch. Yeah. Yeah. Eight touchdowns, six in this, uh, eight touchdowns, six touchdowns for um, Tyreek Hill and AJ Brown, respectively. Um, they both have damn near the same amount of big plays, um, and that's considered to be a twenty-plus yard receiving play. Um, Tyreek Hill has sixteen, AJ Brown has eighteen. Um, Tyreek averaging one nineteen point six per game, AJ averaging one eleven point seven per game. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's, it's uh, interesting, man. They, it's it, it's a lot. I think we know tone because we were we follow the Eagles so closely. But I bet you, if you told people just nationally, they would think that Tyree Kill is destroying everybody in his wake, and AJ Brown's right there. He's right there. He's right there. It just, it, it just looks different. It just yeah. looks different. AJ Brown is like the he's like a bully. Like yeah. just a, he's a, he's such a physically imposing figure. So yeah, um, I think. Hot take, A.J. Brown ends up leading the uh, NFL in uh, yards um, at the like end of the season. I'm rolling you know, I wonder, that. too, if there isn't an, an obvious quarterback. I know I know it's almost impossible when I bring this up, but mm-hmm. if there isn't an obvious quarterback, could a receiver get the MVP? I mean, I don't think it's likely, but th- if there's ever a year to consider it, I think it should be considered this year with what these two guys are doing, man. Yeah, if, if if that's the case, if it ends up not being a quarterback, it's either going to be Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, or Christian McCaffrey. It's either yeah. going to be one of those three guys. If it's not a quarterback, but, but it will, I, it, but it will be a quarterback. It will, it, it will be, it will be. <laughs> and that's the other the the the, the Jalen second half man. You big, know, big second half for him. If the he the way he, that he closed it in the air, you know, with the passing game. That that's it's it's really going to be noteworthy, especially tone. If he does it against these five teams, and he protects the ball, yeah, yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah, yep. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing Jalen Hurts in this. You know, in this pseudo playoff environment, man. Um, once you know, get, get, if they get through this stretch relatively unscathed, three and two minimum. If they get through right. this stretch like that, right, man, they're they're already in playoff mode. Yeah. No, I think so too. I and that's going to go a long way too. If if it like he, if he's jockeying with like Mahomes or I don't know whoever you want to fill in the blank, Goff or Tua, these five games goes four and one or three and two and or just plays really well and maybe it's not his fault that they lose. Boom. I mean, he could that could get him there. Really yeah, because could. you know the MVP is a is a you know before we get out of here, the MVP award it's a narrative driven award. So yes. so when people when people vote for you they're going they're going to look back and say okay who did you beat how did how did you perform in this environment oh you beat Mahomes and Arrowhead okay mm-hmm. you uh, you managed to beat Dak and the Cowboys and Jerry World you know what i mean oh snap you beat the Bills and you and you managed to survive the 49ers after uh, the narrative surrounding uh, those matchups since the playoffs last year it's like narratives he has an opportunity to 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 really carve out so many narratives over the over this next five game stretch. It's, it's going to be one of the most exciting things to watch in his career. We're going to talk about this stretch, you know, you know, for a long time if he manages to if he manages to cook this cook this well, stretch. You know what? So here's what's going to happen. So the, there were two things that were out there. Oh, he doesn't beat anybody, right? That's not, num- meanwhile forgetting about the fact that in the Super Bowl, other than one mistake, he played brilliantly, and. Oh, he doesn't pass well from the pocket, which is also total BS. But this 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 could go a long way to just dispelling both of those myths. Anyway, absolutely. Uh, all right, so that'll do it for us today. Uh, Want to thank everybody in the chat. You guys are the best. Everybody streaming, everybody listening. Uh, thank you. And again, if there's anything you can give, it is much appreciated uh, to uh, to Derek and Trish Gunn and their GoFundMe page. Like I said, we're we're already. Oh, already up to 28,000 here, which is incredible. And that's a tribute to everybody and their, their generosity. Uh, but if there's anything you can do, you go to Derek's Facebook page. Tone also has it pinned to the chat as well. You can hit it either one of those directions and whatever you can do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Derek, thanks you as well. Um, so uh, appreciate everybody today. Listen, don't go anywhere. You got four hours of the national football show with Dan Cilio tone. Appreciate it. Looking forward to hanging with you tomorrow, my man. 
Yes, sir. Let's have some fun, man. All right, brother. Have yourself a great rest of your Monday, everybody, and we will talk to you then. We are Sports Take. Thanks. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.